Are we done? Oh, we haven't started. You are listening to CIA, Cinematically Informed Americans, on Lucid Geek Speak. Lucid Welcome Geeks. to this week's episode of CIA, Cinematically Informed Americans. My name is Sean Jones, and my co-hosts are... Fred. Jordan. And uh, we were going to have a guest host for this week. Couldn't make it. That's all right, though. Uh, she'll be on not next week. We already have a guest plan for next week, but uh, hopefully in the future we'll be seeing her. A uh, few housekeeping things. Uh, we are now on iTunes. I do want to let people know that because it's very convenient. Get on iTunes and you can get the podcast app and then just type in Lucid Geek Speak. And then you can subscribe to us. So every time we get a new episode, it'll be going straight to your device. So I'll keep you updated that way. Also, I want to remind people to check out our blog, lucidgeekspeak.blogspot.com. I mean, we have a Facebook and Twitter, and uh, you can also email questions to us with Gmail. The blog has sort of like an episode guide. So we have little quotes taken from the episode. We also have links to different things that we talk about and kind of have it organized there for people to check out. So definitely look for us there. Aside from that, I do want to remind people, Lucid Geek Speak is the name for our channel. So as of right now, everything's kind of coming through that. And uh, the CIA will most likely have its own page at some point. You know, we're still, I kind of want to wait to maybe separate things so we have a first episode of everything coming up this week. In just a few days, we should have a first episode for origin stories. And then I'm also going to be looking at, we'll be recording the first episode for Save Ones, which is our gaming podcast. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, Fred, you had a couple notes about last week's episode. There were a couple things we were going to talk about that came up or that you looked up later. Uh, yeah, just a few things. One of the things I wanted to bring up was I did watch every movie that was mentioned in the podcast last week that I hadn't seen. But one was from your recommendation. They were actually they were both of your Netflix recommendations, Butter and The Man from Earth, who incidentally, well, Butter, just let me say... Hilarious. <laughs> I and told you. <laughs> I liked the way it was kind of subtle, and I mean, the Garner's character was totally hard. I mean, it was good, but once they totally introduced pretty. Hugh Jackman, I mean, <laughs> man, I mean, best so funny, so funny. <laughs> and then the other thing was I watched The Man from Earth, and that brings me to the next thing I wanted to bring up, which was also in The Man from Earth was Tony Todd. And I was a little confused last week about I was getting Tony Todd confused with another actor, Colin Salmon, who is, plays the stepfather on Arrow yeah. and was indeed the security guy who gets cut to beat pieces by the Grinned <laughs> Resident Evil. Yes. Now, in between those two movies, Colin Salmon was in the Merlin TV show, Alien vs. Predators video game. Just, it's crazy the amount of geeky stuff that he's done in the internet. Now then... The Tony Todd, when I did that research, it blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, I knew who Tony Todd was, and, and I couldn't believe I got him, the two of them mixed up once I realized my mistake. But Tony Todd has been in every geeky thing. I mean, he's been in every, almost, I think, every incarnation of the Star Trek franchise other than the original. He was in The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, maybe, yeah, or whatever Voyager it was, called. was the... Not the Enterprise one, maybe, but then uh, Babylon 5... Final Destination 1 and 2, of course, yeah, he the was remake, the, like yeah. you said, of the Night of Living Dead. Yep. He's, he's in everything. He's in yeah. Chuck. He plays the CIA director. In Wait, the on Chuck, show. the TV show? Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that show. Really? It's really good. The I like only reason I even I like have no what it is is because it was on before Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the honest guy. I mean, well, oh, Chuck, I guess I got some kind of computer I mean, brain. And I guess fucking love, is, I guess, is a little strong, but I really, really liked it. Me and Paige would watch that one. I thought it was really funny, and it, it was goofy as hell, the concept. 
But it's just funny this guy working in the at a basically a best guy a hot chick who's yeah of course and they have Jane like, from Firefly uh, what's his Baldwin face? yeah Baldwin Adam Baldwin, Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin yeah. not to be confused yeah. with the Baldwins that were killed in the bombing <laughs> attack from Canada uh, they killed all the Baldwins <laughs> <laughs> oh and uh, also you didn't mention the guy Tony Todd that was also and as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, of course that was him. But he was in my Netflix movie recommendation. He was in Man from Earth. Which was great. You really liked that? Both of your recommendations were phenomenal. And of course, you know, last week I brought up Valhalla Rising. We'd all at least seen part of it. I've so. seen only the very beginning. I still need to watch it. I haven't got a chance. So I watched a, a couple. It's, a yeah. it's an incredible movie. You really liked yeah, it? Yeah, I really liked it. Just The main character in the movie is just the most badass character <laughs> that I've probably ever seen in a movie I would a say I would say that I, I don't know that I've seen a movie that violent that was yeah. existential I mean because you know all the weird dreams that are always red and he he almost is seeing the future but he knows what's coming like he knows that he's working all this violence and is building to something and he knows that it's not going to be good for him I mean and you see that and without any kind of weird narration or monologue you just the I, I just thought it was visually compelling and it's just yes. a great movie it's not it is violent and you would be like holy crap did he just it's a it's a it's a mind trip too well, it's not just a straight up like bashing stuff. i almost feel like sometimes we should have like that as a discussion time i don't know if i necessarily want to go into it now but like violence in movies i i really like violence in my movies well i mean oh, i don't think it it i don't think that there. makes me dis- I don't think I'm disturbed. Well, I'm a, a zombie enthusiast. Yeah, here, you're so you're obsessed with horror movies. Blood and guts. As yeah. long as that you know yeah. elation isn't followed by an erection, or <laughs> it's okay. Well, I mean, most well, of the time it's not. That would classify. Well, no, 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 never, nothing, no, nothing on the Patrick Bateman level. So, but I, I don't know. There is something like I do like a little bit of. I do like a violence in the something about. It, I guess it makes it feel more realistic. Well, it's something about every me. one of us. I mean, when, when was the last time you got to shoot an automatic weapon at a van, van full of criminals? <laughs> Never, right? I mean, so of course we want to see long. that because everybody wants to, you know. And violence is also a lot more entertaining to watch. On, and this may sound odd, but when you feel like the people deserve it, like in Django oh. and Jane, whenever he's killing like the slave, you're like, "Fuck that guy!" You're like, yeah, you don't yeah. care. But see, to me, those blood exploding out of his chest. But then you look at like a horror movie, like a. Hostel, and you saw that little Chinese girl and her eyeballs getting cut off, and the horrifying. Last house on the left. Oh yeah, yeah, that stuff. There's something you know. The context of the violence makes a big difference. Like little things like that, just kind of, or the guy slipping on the blood and chopping his own leg off with a chainsaw. Like there was something to me morbidly funny about it. (laughs) Chainsaw safety cannot be overemphasized. Someone like, needs to teach Leatherface that. <laughs> Eli Roth definitely has a sense of humor. I mean, if you watch Cabin Fever, like, oh my god, like the little little martial artist kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the blonde bullet. Oh god. Just hilarious. I'm sure violence in movies and stuff will come up because it's kind of a hot issue, I guess, right now. Well, with, I think uh, you... current events and politics and stuff. Uh, trying to take it out like of that video games. Before you were born. I, I think it's <laughs> You know, yeah. top tens, you know, the way, like we kind of gave an example or, or whatever of how, what we like in movies. I think you'll find violence to be a common theme in most of them. Oh, yeah. A few being exceptions, but, you know, secondhand lions, I don't know if that's yeah. a lot of violence. <laughs> uh, Not really. You know, Frankenstein, you know. But, like, the action movies typically have 
I mean, they're going to have... Well, well actually, the action, have how often is, is action not accompanied by violence of some yeah, kind? Yeah, of some kind. I mean, when you think of action, it's not, you know... I didn't watch Cliffhanger because I wanted to see people scaling mountains. I wanted to see people shooting at people scaling mountains, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I'm, I'm worse off for having seen that movie, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I you see that? That's one Stallone movie I haven't suffered Stallone. through. Climbing mountains, <laughs> shooting well, at people. Isn't it John Lithgow's the bad guy, right? Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, he he's is the good, bad guy. Speaking of John Lithgow, though, I really liked his role in uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I thought he did a great job. Right? Yeah, I agree with you. He was really, really good. He's generally pretty good in the things he is in. Well, in Not necessarily context. that the things, he, the things that he's in are always good, but I feel like he's good in them. I don't mean to be crass, but if you're playing an Alzheimer's patient, do you even read the script? <laughs> like, or is it more natural just to show me that I don't know what's going on? They're like, perfect! Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. You know. <laughs> I did want to mention, uh, again, you brought up something with John Lithgow. There's a movie I've seen that I don't know if anyone remembers this movie. I saw it one time uh, late at night on Encore, and it's called Distant Thunder. And for some reason, I think the movie really impacted me, mainly because it's about this kid who doesn't know where his, what happened to his dad. His dad disappeared when he was younger, but he found out some way he has an idea of where he's at, and he goes on this trip to find his dad in uh, like the Washington forest. And his dad is played by John Lithgow, and he, veteran of the Vietnam War, and he's all fucked up psychologically and the kid is actually uh the karate kid is uh ralph macchio yeah not to be confused with the comic book editor (laughs) ralph macchio yeah there is (laughs) but john lithgow was really good it was a straight just real dramatic performance he kind of did like a gruffy voice for it but what did you say this is distant thunder i don't think i've seen that it sounds familiar i mean it's an oldie i mean it's i guess it's gotta must have been around around the time of karate kid because I mean, it's He's definitely young. in the 80s. Yeah, Ralph Macchio's real young. But I don't know. I That movie uh, got to me when I watched it. I really liked it. When you first said the title, I thought of the movie where they go back in time to the dinosaurs. Hey, and the, thunder, the Sound of Thunder. Sound of Thunder, yep. Right, and I was like, oh, he's going to tie that into John Lithgow. I was like... <laughs> It's good. I don't know where you'll find it, though. It is an older... It is an older what one. The I think fuck I is the internet? I think... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you guys don't even realize what it's like I before think... the internet. Like, I've got a VHS copy that I dubbed four times of, you know, Bloodsport. To bring it all the way back to another one of the few housekeeping oh. issues, uh, housekeeping things to go over. No Batman this week. I know we talked on the last episode about doing that for this week. We were going to change it anyway to hold that off for our next guest. Someone who's maybe a little more versed in a little more interested in that. So we'll we'll get to it eventually. I do want to go into movie news. First thing for movie news. Interesting thing. It's not really news. But it's an interesting tidbit that came out. Just that uh, Sam Raimi was quoted recently. He's talking about how he can't bring himself to watch the new Spider-Man. Oh, and I thought about that. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. But... The quote, like in some of the publications I've seen, IGM, one of them, was very misleading. Like, they're basically like, he refuses to watch it. Right. But the actual... Yeah, like, but the actual quote is, I'm a big Mark Webb fan and a giant fan of Emma Stone and of Andrew Garfield. I saw him on Broadway in Death of a Salesman. It's just brilliant. I love the producers of that movie because they're dear friends and the writer, but I haven't had the guts to go see the movie yet. Because I don't want to go to my girlfriend's wedding. 
I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't have the guts. And that's understandable. I mean, when I you make that to you is the, you know, the Spider-Man movie, then, you know, to you it's kind of, for him, what's... what's and there was what's the whole way he got screwed out of it, where they he had an idea, he was ready to go with Spider-Man 4, had plans for it. I, I'm not sure if they had a script in place or not, but everyone's on board, and it, but the problem is he wanted more time to make sure... And I think it was mostly to make sure that they didn't do another Spider-Man 3, you know, because there were all sorts Thank of issues. <laughs> yeah, Which, again, though, if we're going to this, man. I mean, I, if I remember right, what he told the Sony, because they're like, we want this movie, like, by this summer. Like, they set a date, and he's like, I can't make that date and maintain the, you know, the integrity of the film. He's like, I can't do it, and I won't do it. So if you want me to do this movie and you want Toby McGuire and everyone, you know it's gonna have to it's gonna have to come out later. And they said, fine, well we won't have you then. And so once Sam Raimi dropped out, then so did Toby McGuire, so did Kirsten Dunst, and then they're like, okay, we're just gonna have to do a whole new thing. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because I I think Sam Raimi did a really good job with the first one. It had its issues. But the uh, second one also, I thought the second one was probably the best. I think most people, that's the general yeah. consensus. Yeah. I thought the second one was really good. And I think he could have made a good fourth one. But Well, my fanboy gripe here is that all these filmmakers feel like they have to jam the entire canon of this character into three movies. Okay, it's the same thing with... Ba- I think that's what caused the problems that I have with the Batman Nolan movies. They feel like they have to jam all this stuff in. What's wrong with having three movies where Peter Parker's still the geeky high school nerd? Like, that's him. Those Ditko issues when it first started, that's Spider-Man. That's what made it popular in the first place. And that's what why the first movie was so great. And the second movie, you know, it's, he's just sort of coming of age. And, but they, God, they just jam, they, they force it down, you know, like it's advance, advance, advance. Like, just... <laughs> just spend all time. awesome about that character without... Obviously, they've been making comics since the 60s on Spider-Man. Obviously, there's enough there that you don't have to jam 50 years of continuity into six hours, you know, three movies. I mean, I think the thing is they just want to hit those major high points for the characters. So, I guess it's just because they want to create that drama. I love the new movie. Uh, I mean... I really, really, really liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed it myself, yeah. I had a few geeky gripes, but nothing that would keep me from... My only thing was I was not totally sold on Andy Garfield. I felt like he was the only piece that didn't quite fit. He's really good in a lot of parts. But, like, I don't know if anyone else cringed (laughs) at this one moment, but I fucking cringed. Jordan, what's the part? Oh, it was the part just where he was in Emma Stone's bedroom, and he's just like, let's get out of here. He just starts shaking his head around. Let's go crazy. Or something fucking weird. Like, just odd choices. Like, every time he tried to, like, act flirty, he came off just kind of, like, greasy or something. Like, I don't know. I didn't like... I didn't like when he was trying to do it. I definitely, uh, I definitely was more drawn to the uh, Peter Parker's like kind of sweet, innocent, like not really, you know, kind of dorky and nervous approach about girls and how he like whenever he talked to her about the trash can or whatever, like he always kind of would maybe hint that he would want some more, but he could never quite say the things he wanted and all that. I thought that was a lot better than him be like, let's get out of here. <laughs> or whatever it was he was saying. It was just so... Um, let's see. Where are we? Oh, yeah. So there was uh, news item number one. <laughs> All right. Yep. Oh, uh, this... We've got a little bit of news for Donald Planet of the Apes. 
basically it's going to be people just dying all over the place and now you have these civilizations sort of rising up like all the apes organizing in the little like setting up establishing rules of hierarchy and all this stuff and well I'm a huge a fan of the original Planet of the Apes and the entire franchise when I was a kid you know the seven and a half inch Mego superheroes that are so popular and oh, so expensive God, now yeah. you know I had all of the Planet of the Apes Migos and the Treehouse thing uh, I think they put them out once they started the TV show, uh, which came out after three or four of the movies had been out. But And the one thing that I always wanted to see, because one of my favorite ones was Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, where the one ape has gone back into time and he can talk. and It's it, it just, if you haven't seen those or sat down and never watched them, you really need to, or at least per right. you know, overview them. But the one thing I always wanted was to see that time period between when he starts it, because at the end of that, he gets all the apes riled up, and then he's like, but for now, we're going to just chill out and wait for these fuckers to kill themselves. You know, and, and I was like, I want to see the transition. You know, yeah. like, like when the when the, the humans start to die, and the apes start to, uh, you know, impress their authority upon everybody. Like, I, I want to see that. that and was, I hope that that movie delivers on as that much as I've had as a kid. Jordan, know? have you seen the original Plan of the Apes movies? Um, no, I ha- I've seen parts of them just from uh, watching them. Down, but I just, <laughs> yeah, just those little scenes that have been recreated so many times with uh, movies like Spaceballs and, you know, many others. I have a quick question then. If you're someone who's never seen it, I don't know how much you know about it. Do you know the basic summary for that story then? Uh, not really. See, that's actually. really interesting. Like,. Whenever you actually, because I went back and watched it, I don't know, I watched it as a kid and then I went back and watched it again, and some of the little things you figure out kind of blow your mind, like, um, it all starts with them going on a space mission, which they show that on the TV and the remake. They're like, Icarus flying or something, they talk about this ship going, like a mission being launched on the TV in the background. They get, they basically go off and they're, somehow, I don't know if it's that they were traveling at the speed of light, or that they were cryogenically frozen maybe fred can answer that there's somehow they were in a stasis or something but whenever they come back like they crash land on this planet they come out and they're going around and it's just like this weird desert planet and then they find these apes and they find out they've landed on this planet of ape people or on the on this planet of apes that are you know they're more humanoid they're able to walk around and talk but then it's only at the very end that it fucking blows your mind is that that moment where he sees the statue literally that's whenever he the only, spoiler I think the first time where he realizes, yeah, spoilers, <laughs> that's the first time that he realizes he's been on Earth the whole time. That he actually, they they told, you know, yeah, they thought they traveled on in, into another alien planet. Oh, so, so he was just uh, frozen in time and then wakes up to this whole different planet. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so that was the whole mind fuck at the end of it. Like, you know, I don't know if they ever, if they properly explained that with some of the things like, well, like see, if, uh, when they found the, the cave, he... And I'm pretty sure that's the order of the events that happens, but they're in the cave and they find the doll. And the doll's mama, and it's a human doll. And he's like, What the fuck? And they go out of the cave and around the thing, and, oh, and he sees the Statue of Liberty half buried in the sand at the yeah. beach. He's like, Damn you! Damn you all to hell! Yeah. You know, God, no wonder they elected him. But yeah, so then he realizes humans have been destroyed and that. He there was no home to go back to, so he was really fucking sad at the end in a way. But I don't know. So that was something you never like. Uh, no, never I've actually that? never seen any of the Plan of the Eight movies, not even the Marky Mark remake. 
That, that, one's, said, that one's okay to skip. Uh, and, and I'm not gonna. There are good parts of it. When I saw it, I looked like Michael Jackson to me. That's that was no, my, it was just Helena Bonham Carter. Okay, just Helena Bonham she Carter. She looked event. just like Michael Jackson. It's disturbing. It was. It was I crazy. don't. <laughs> that never crossed my mind. I have on my computer. I have a picture of them side by side. I'm putting it on the blog. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a picture of you see how this could be horribly misconstrued <laughs> as terribly racist, right? I mean, what? Oh, oh, well, oh you both forgot Michael Jackson was black. He's white. Never mind. He's it's white. I'm talking about white Michael. That's what I'm talking about. White Michael. Well, how are we supposed to take over the world with a white Michael Jackson anyway? My favorite robot chicken episode. All right, we might have cut that out. <laughs> So you never saw the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes? Uh, no, I just the uh, first Planet of the Apes movie I'd ever seen was Rise of the Planet of the Apes with James Franco and uh, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah, just a couple of years ago. Well, fuck yeah, do what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. It's a cool, yeah. it's a cool idea of speciesism, or I don't know. Whatever it was. It's really. I would definitely. First in that one, The Conquest, those ones for sure. I'm the probably going to watch them at one <laughs> The other one's at your discretion. Let's see. Oh, other news stuff. Uh, Joss Whedon talked a little bit about S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the show. He's uh, He hasn't really gotten into... Do we have a network for that? ABC. Okay. So, <laughs> ABC's generally done good shows. They did Lost and... Uh, well, that's... You know, some other ones. That's a whole uh, other topic. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's once upon a time, right? Which is, it's actually popular in the workplace, uh, up across barriers, and I, I liked it once. No, was ABC the one that came out with Boy Meets World? Was that? Wait, oh, yeah, the sequel, Girl Meets World, where uh, the yeah, uh, I don't know when that's coming the kid out. For the They're doing that. Yeah, I think that's going to be on Disney Panga, Channel, though. They're doing a Girl Meets World TV show. Yeah, yeah, they got picked up. I guess they did a mm-hmm. pilot. Movie yeah, they've already got uh, Corey and Topanga back. Corey and Topanga. Yeah, that's going to be. I think that's just nostalgic for a lot of people right around me and Jordan's age, for sure, because we grew up watching the Boy Meets Well, I'm not too old to have thought that Topanga was hot, if that's what you're implying. <laughs> oh, maybe the first season you... First season, <laughs> I get about that. Even oh. I was too old for that. But by the time we got to, like, seventh season... I again. <laughs> <laughs> he said on uh, The Shield that the... Because remember that girl was in that. She's got a weird name. The the chick from uh, How I Met Your Mother that was in the one that plays Avengers? Uh, Kobe Smolders. Yeah, that's her real name, Kobe, Kobe Smolders. Smolders. That's a porn name if I. Ever <laughs> but she plays Maria. She's Hill. got a second career. Kobe. She needs one. She there plays Maria Hill or whatever. Doesn't even yeah, have to need to change her name. Agent. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they said they don't know if she's going to be back in since uh, How I Met Your Mother just recently got renewed for another season. Um, they're thinking she'll be in it. So, well, she was in the Avengers movie. Yeah, but they, she's in the movie, but they don't know for sure if they'll be able to get her for the show. If they do, I think it may just be for like cameo kind of thing. But it's not, probably not also a regular spot. Colson's in it, right? Yes, I believe uh, Agent Phil Colson is the only announced main character, as far as I know. Yeah, well, he done a great job in all the movies. I really liked how comedical his character could be at times, especially with oh, Iron Man. <laughs> his, well, I liked his fanboyish thing with Captain America when he's like, oh, I have all your trading cards. Oh, yeah. Like That was funny to me. Yeah. You know, and he had to kind of tone it down for wherever. But, and we talked about this before, about how can Colston be in the TV show? And, of course, I brought up, and they mentioned it in the movie, yeah. Life Model Decoys. <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. is famous or infamous for their L&Ds. I mean, Life Model Decoys. Ridiculous. Nick Fury, he's like Doctor Doom. 
most of the time you're talking to Nick Fury is an LND. Why would he put himself in front of you and risk anything? He's life model decoys. They look exactly <clears throat> like people, and they were programmed to act like you for the most part. Obviously, they can't pass metal detectors. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with the Shield show. He just he had a when he talked a little bit about it. He just this is what he said. Um, told a TV line. I'm excited about the show because it's a very hopeful show. It's not about murder, it's not about crime, and it's not about people looking into their own belly buttons. I guess he's trying to say people depressed looking down. I'm not sure what that is in reference to, but I'm guessing that's what he means. But it's about people who are trying to help each other, and that's one of the things I loved about comic books. They had costumes, and the villains were cool, but they stood for something. I like doing a show that does that. So it's kind of like keeping the essence, I guess, of the comic books. But he said there wouldn't be a ton of... Marvel characters that people are familiar with, at least, right. but they are going to see a ton of them. ancillary characters. They might not be in any you know, just superhero you think of, but they will, you know, consulting scientists, like Walter Langowski yeah. or people like that. Where people or something are, like I can just see, you know, they'll be going in to like clean up the aftermath or investigate, like after like a fight with some superheroes or something, and then going through and then trying to figure something out that happened with it, like. There's going to be, I guess, names, they're going to have to, least, yeah, they're yeah. going to be name dropping like crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and I feel like they, they would have to be a lot of that, like, uh, damage control type stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Like, where it's like, oh, well, there was a big battle and half of New York's gone. <laughs> everybody, can, everybody can read everybody else's minds. We need to fix this. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do anyway. In addition to Clark Gregg, Shield stars Mina Wen, Elizabeth Henstridge, Ian DeKester. Henstridge, the chick from Species? No, that's Natasha. Oh, Natasha Hentridge. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brett Dalton and Chloe Bennett. So, I don't know. No, Hopefully, I think they're all people are in two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they're all popular people, probably in TV, different TV shows, TV actors, but I don't really know them. But, I don't know, we'll see. Another big news item, Star Wars movies are... It looks like they're going to be focused, as far as the main trilogy, it's going to be focused on the children. Han Solo, uh, Princess Leia, and... Uh, Skywalker, Luke Skywalker. But the, the Han and Leia have the twins. I mean, well, that's the continuity that was established, which we've already talked about last week. Out, they're not necessarily going to stick to that, but they're not necessarily going to throw it away either. It's kind of a well. Apparently, they've they've already hinted a while back that they got Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher on mm-hmm. board, but they and just recently announced Harrison Ford as well. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he had said before, no way would I ever do another Star Wars. And then right. he's like, well, if they're doing them, I want to be in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody else isn't going to play hand. And of course he says it like, if they're doing it. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson's also <laughs> won a piece of that pie as well. <laughs> Apparently he wants to come back as Mace Windu as a ghost yeah. character. You and McGregor want to come back to yeah, I was 37 <laughs> when you were two and now you're 50. Yeah. Like, what? I knew I your father. Like, I guess they could dress it up like it in Django. And he could do his Uncle Ruckus routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a good repeat performance. I mean. Uncle Ruckus and Star Wars would be priceless. Uh, the other thing that's kind of big with Star Wars, uh, John Williams expressed interest that he would really want to come back to do the music. And well, uh, who would go see it if he didn't? Well, see, I'm, that's a good point. One thing that's going to be kind of interesting to struggle though is that sort of like how Steven Spielberg has this established relationship with John Williams, where John Williams does always does the music for right. his movies. J.J. Uh, Abrams always has this uh, composer Michael Giacchino. Awesome. I think is how you pronounce the name, but he's amazing. I love him. Oh, no Star Trek movie was great. Star the, Trek the, the, Super uh, Eight score for that was really good. And, and the, Super Eight, I 
didn't really notice the score. I, oh, I love the main theme in it. And then, and also, even if you don't like Lost, as far as like maybe where the story went and some places and things like that, the music I thought was amazing. Like the themes they had for all the characters. There's one theme in particular, like it's called Life and Death. I've listened to it a lot of times. I really like it. Really lo- into the music. And he also did the music for John Carter. Michael Giacchino did. And I love that movie. And yeah. we've talked about this before, but I can't. Under, once I watched that movie, I couldn't understand why it did so horribly because I really thought it was a good movie. I think everyone who actually sat down and watched it thought that it's just they couldn't get asses in seats. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I mean, of course, so and this is coming chance. from my dorky perspective, which I've read the books. You know, the original. I thought one of the biggest mistakes they made was just titling it John Carter. Why not give it the original subtitle of Warlord of Mars? Yeah. Because Warlord of Mars is going to get a lot more, like you said, asses and seats yeah. than John Carter. Like, the guy that lives across the street. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Isn't that the movie with Denzel yeah. Washington? <laughs> Coach Carter. Well, everything. Samuel L. Jackson. What was it John... Samuel L. Jackson. No, what was that one? Uh, John... John Q. John Q. John... Yeah. I think a lot... I remember hearing a lot of people talk like... I heard a few people mention that movie. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I loved uh, John Carter, too. I thought it was a great movie. Awesome special effects. Fuck, they had the budget for it. I mean... It looked was, great! The movie looked great. Good acting. Like, some people didn't like the main dude. I thought he did good for that movie. Taylor Kitsch. I guess that's his Gambit name. Gambit from the Wolverine Origins movie. Yeah, before that, uh, that terrible fucking movie. Battleship. Um, no. That too, oh, that, is well, that? He had a ter- he's got a terrible box. Shit. He's like boxed up as Poisoner. That's what they're saying, but... <laughs> I thought John Carter was good. He's good in that movie. I, you know, I don't think he did his best work in, uh, what was that movie where he oh, was in the Covenant? Yeah. And he's in the, uh, a Pat Jansen classic right there. <laughs> the, uh, blue, whatever, the Varsity Blues TV show that was based on the movie mm-hmm. with the Vanderbeek. And that whatever. didn't go very, show, very far. The show didn't anyway, I don't think. I was on for a couple seasons, I think, and it was and kind of popular. The one for was on. Friday Night Lights did really well. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I think that's about. what yeah. you're thinking of. That one did really well, but the one for for Varsity Blues it didn't go very far, from what I remember. Sure, I think that's probably what I'm thinking of. Maybe yeah. Varsity Blues. Yeah, that actually got a lot of good reviews. People really the liked movie? that show. Uh, the, the show. show. Yeah, yeah, and he's the main guy. I want to say. I think well. they liked the movie for that too. Uh, for I think did you like the movie for uh, well, not Varsity, Varsity Blues, Blues but or? not Varsity Blues, but. Uh, when you just said Friday Night Lights oh, Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights, Lights. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well I actually haven't seen that actually. you haven't? I don't really watch too many football movies They've, well I've watched well, some I sports movies I would say there movies. are a lot of football movies to watch yeah. <laughs> I mean I did watch Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Jonah movie. blanking on his last name here Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill of yeah. course he was skinny Jonah in the movie yeah. <laughs> skinnier Jonah <laughs> great movie it's about baseball one of the most Sports that I do not like. It just puts me to sleep. Uh, I like personally, but I, for the most part, I like baseball movies. I like a lot yeah. of baseball movies, and I like to play baseball. But don't ask me to watch the MLB at all. Yeah, it's, it seems it's like a easy sport. Yeah, I mean, you got the Red Sox drinking don't in the bullpen. Even, I can't even start <laughs> on baseball. I don't. I don't know how people are such big fans. I guess I, yeah. maybe we shouldn't dog on baseball too much to alienate yeah. anyone, but. Yeah, fuck, I don't it's know. part I of America. I, I think fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right I, I mean, right I get it. I mean, people, not everybody likes to watch Major League Lacrosse like I do. But I'm just saying, like, you know, 
I just had it shoved in my face my whole life, and I just never, you know, I grew up on a farm in the summer, and I had shit to do. I didn't, I played baseball as a kid. Yeah, I, I like playing the games. It's fun. But boy. obviously, I don't play a lot of baseball at four. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you just it's kind of hard to get a baseball game together. Even harder to get a tackle football game going. But uh, let's see. What were you talking about? Um, you go back, Friday Night Lights, though, it did have Billy Bob Thorne in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the coach. He's really good in it. And, spoiler alert, but it does have um, it does have a good ending in that they lose. Yeah, it's kind of the different than the norm. That. You know, Spoken where they like someone that never played win. organized sports. The I good said, ending is they lose. Jesus. Sports heroes. That's the kind of thing I expect to hear from a baseball fan. Well, I mean, everybody learned something, so it's okay that they lost. <laughs> I know that is no, gross. no, no. I just like that it wasn't about them pushing real hard, training, and getting to the top, and then we did it. And it's that's typical. That's what they do in so many sports movies. That's what happens in Remember the Titans. That's what happens in Coach Carter or whatever. Like all those movies, kind of do that. There's very few movies where. They get to the end and they just don't quite make it. Like Rocky is a prime example. In fact, everyone loves Rocky, and I think everyone would pretty much agree that they kind of went downhill from the first one. I don't know about that. I mean, the first one is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, and and it really does prove you gotta get the what was it the German or whatever the Russian Russian yeah that was in four. <laughs> oh my god, you. that was the best one. Oh my god, we're not going into this right now because you know that we need to have a whole segment. That ridiculous Dolphin. workout scene with the polos. <laughs> Their shirts and loan were just ridiculous. <laughs> Apollos were in this little cutoff. Oh yeah, the eighties. A year or so ago. Literally three days after, for a friend of mine, as a favor to them, I took an IQ test. And Sean comes at me the next day with the most random fucking statistic I've ever heard. That basically, like, he walks up to me not knowing and goes, you know, Dolph Lundgren's 10 IQ points smarter than you'll ever He has degrees in chemical engineering from whatever, Denmark or whatever university. And I was just like, what the fuck? He literally, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was like... Sean just, here I am tomorrow thinking, I'm smarter than I thought I was. And then he goes, Ivan Drago, way smarter than you. And he played the Punisher in that shitty movie. And I was just like, way to show on people, Sean. <laughs> Inadvertently. Uh, but yeah, he, it is interesting. He's like crazy smart. Got a degree from like Masters in Chemical Engineering in Australia. And then had a... Uh, had a Fulbright scholarship to go to MIT. Hold and on, then while before you go any farther, can I just say that, I don't know if you've done that much research, but one of the other things that you'll see if you read a lot about Dolph Lundgren is that he's historically known for padding his stats. Oh. Like, the Fulbright scholarship to MIT thing might be real. Like, there's a lot of question about it. Like, he always claimed he was two inches taller than he really is, and he was a little bit... Be- Bigger, faster, stronger, smarter, always. So <laughs> a lot of the stuff you read is, I mean, it's like exactly you know, I it's like Bruce Lee or something. Yeah. Even though he's like, not I didn't, near as cool, or I didn't read it from his like fan site, so that's why I guess I thought it was probably true. But yeah, you're definitely right. It could have been like maybe they're pulling the source was from like 
an interview he did in a magazine where he made half the shit up or something. But usually they kind of investigate this stuff. I don't. I honestly don't know. I have to look it up. Maybe we should, we'll we'll come but back. He is a, he we'll is come a back to Ivan interesting, Drago. especially for an action. Yeah, because he was like in a karate tournament in New York, and then someone approached him about acting, so he's like, "Oh, I'll just do this instead of this whole." MIT chemical engineering thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck all that. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Um, but I, I do like Showdown in Little Tokyo with Brandon Lee and uh, Dolph Lundgren. It's a, not a good movie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say it's a good movie, Big but Trouble it's something that China. I like to watch. I mean, it's just one of those... Enjoy, yeah. What? Big Trouble in Little China with Kurt Russell. Oh, that's a totally different movie. That yeah. movie is amazing. That movie is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jordan, because I, I could do an hour on that. I went to, a, I don't remember what we were trying to see, but my cousin and I went to the theater in Champaign, Illinois, to see a movie. Whatever it was, it either already started or was sold out. So we went to a movie called Big Trouble in Little China. No clue what it was about. Oh, my. No idea whatsoever. And sat down and I was just like, this is Kurt Russell is a truck driver and I was like what am I into and then it starts and I was just like what the it was awesome to this day I I have that movie on DVD and I just haven't had time to look for it on Blu-ray yet but it's hilarious it's a great action comedy which I mean that's I think we're all fans of those I mean I I grew up none of us would put those in our top 50 greatest movies of all time you know well, I put one in Killer Clowns from Outer yeah. Space. So. <laughs> Incidentally, another uh, Fred is the Idiot story. When I was living uh, up around the Chicago area, I didn't really hadn't made any friends, didn't really met a lot of people, and I used to go to movies a lot by myself. Well, I used to go to this one little like art theater thing that showed a lot of foreign movies. Like I went there to see like kung fu movies and stuff like that. And uh, I'm in there an afternoon at the mall shopping, and I go in to see this movie called Sling Blade. <laughs> yes, oh and in my mind, because there's nothing on the poster, and I go into at this theater where I usually see people with dubbed over voices that you kill my brother, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And I sit down and I'm like, this is about a retarded redneck. Like, what in the <laughs> fuck have I gotten myself? And then it was just blown away. Oh god, you know. And it, I was, <clears throat> I don't think it stood up pretty well. I mean, Sling Blade is great. I saw the great. You like the you like the short, the original. Uh, I short watched film. the original also short. On Some Netflix, folks call actually, it a Sling right Blade. Now. What the Sling Blade? The uh, full features on there, the, or did the, does it also have the little short? Because I thought I had the short too on Netflix. On Netflix? Uh, oh yeah, some really... folks call it a Sling Blade. I yeah. think it's the title. It's, yeah. it's a short. I, I, I haven't looked for it exactly. But, I mean, uh, I did see Sling Blade. It's essentially there. that opening scene where they where she actually sits him down for the interview and he starts going. That's basically, I mean, that's the essence of the short film. Mm-hmm. But so you don't necessarily have to have seen it if you watch the original. Dwight Yoakam was great in that movie. Oh my god! I mean, I'm not a big fan of country western singers taking up acting, Kenny Rogers, but <laughs> he's really good. And that's not the first thing he's done. He's done some other stuff, but I remember he's, he's also really good in that. He's also really good in um, Panic Room. Yes, he's one of the guys that panicked. He was the too. one That's that the was fucking crazy. Uh, and also, here's a... Like, what are you geek, doing? Here's a geek blast for sure, but the kid in that movie... Uh, I don't know what his Jerry name Lyle? is. I think he, oh, he grew up to be in one of the Fast and Furious... Uh, yeah. Drift in, in or something. Some but he was in a TV show called American Gothic. Have you seen this? I've heard about it. Phenomenal. It. I mean, 
and I use that word a lot, I guess, <laughs> just showing my age or whatever, but uh, it's a great TV show, and I think it's not on Netflix, I don't want to say, but I just found it recently online and started watching it, but uh, Gary Cole plays the sheriff of some small town, and he's actually Satan, or the devil or something, and oh, it's just all this weird shit, little boy, that kid plays the main character, though, little boy who talks to his dead sister, really good but it got it one of those you know brilliant but canceled kind of things where it got good firefly here but you know a lot of shows that we all love were canceled way before their time and that is definitely a great topic for an entire yeah that'd be a cool segment to talk about shows that were canceled that uh even though this is about movies yeah i think we we they did make a movie serenity so right well you can't you ask I kind of assume that if someone's cinematically informed, they're kind of up on their media yeah, it should pop be, culture anyway. Yeah, I feel like so. it's mostly movies and TV. I'm trying to think of the Spider-Web with tangents on that one. I'm just going <laughs> to go back to the... Uh, <laughs> but I definitely... I would. I think I would be happy with John Williams coming back, but if Michael Giacchino does it for Star Wars... Oh, yeah, Star Wars. To go all the way back there... I think uh, that I think he could do because if you notice, like in Harry Potter, Joe Williams gave that amazing, fucking memorable theme. Like, how do you feel about those movies? That do 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 do. Oh, I that you hear the first three notes and everybody eighteen to fifty knows what it is. Yeah, it's like he just knows how to make something, I guess, memorable. But once he did that for a score, from then on, it was always different composers that did the music for the other movies. But they would always take that theme that he did and kind of build on it. Or they did some way, but maybe they'd slow something up or change something around. Well, I feel like but John it, Williams... But that and, essence um, is always there. Danny Elfman. You know, people that are really good at that kind of thing are really good at evoking... They can almost, with your eyes closed listening to the music, you picture that something similar to what's going on not knowing anything about it. I'm just saying. When you hear that Harry Potter music... You automatically, if you've never heard of Harry Potter, you're going to think of like magic, magic unicorns, <laughs> whatever. You know, it definitely magical. has that lilting kind of magical. A whimsical. Yeah. 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 I agree with you for sure. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Sin City 2, a dame to kill for, is set for October 4th. Can't wait to see it. Josh Brolin is starring in it. They got Jessica Alba back. you read the book? I haven't read the book for the Frank Miller. How many of the how how was it compared to the other one? They're all great. They're I all mean, great. they're all they're all great. It really, I think, started out with Frank. And I, you know, I don't you know, who am I? But uh, it really, I think, started out with Frank Miller. He's doing basically an experiment about black and white and light usage and all this stuff and telling a crime noir kind of thing. And it just exploded. Sin City became this huge with all this momentum obviously they're making a second motion picture and that first movie if you've ever read all three of the books that that was based on every scene and every word from that movie is straight out of the comic the angles everything and it's it's the closest thing you'll ever see to a comic adaptation see that seems almost it's the closest thing you'll ever see and 300 was really good it came close it did a great job of showing you those images and evoking the same feelings and blah, blah, but it wasn't a frame-for-frame frame remake of And that's why it took them three graphic novels to make it. You know, It's really, really good. I feel like the only comic book movie I saw that came to a... See, here we are talking about comic book movies. we got to say this for the comic book movie show. The channel's called Geek. So <laughs> I don't I mean... I, you know, I've been doing these short interviews with girls and asking them, you know, what do you think of when you think of the, of the word geek? Comic book 
comes up a lot. Yeah. Somebody who's into comic books and sci-fi, that's almost, that's the standard response from most people in general. You know, the geeky, they think of comic books. So, yeah. anybody that's like, you guys talk too much about comic books, probably needs to find the Charles Bronson channel <laughs> and listen to that or whatever. Um, I was going to say with the, I'll just talk a little bit about it, but I thought The Watchmen was probably one of the most faithful comic book adaptations, except with the exception of where they changed that around at the end. Oh, that's where not, they, that's but not. I feel like they had to make it fit for film. It would not have worked to have the giant tentacle monster coming down with psychic powers. The only reason I disagree <laughs> with you is because there was there would there's no way in even if you made a three and a half hour film or two films out of it, there's really no way to get that. I mean, there were all those fill-ins between chapters and Watchmen where it was like just sometimes it'd be four pages of just text. It was like a file from a psychiatric ward or whatever, but. The, the setup of how these scientists had disappeared and were all being, you know, put on this island to do that, that's just so much to, it's way, the way they did it in the movie, I thought, made it way more coherent for the movie. Now, the, the comic's perfect. I mean, maybe not, I, I don't know. Whatever. And I will it, say, it's, it's, for, it's great. I will say, I guess as, for minor complaints, <laughs> for some minor complaints with watching, I would say the, the actress that played Silk Spectre could have been a little bit better. And the music choice for the the sex scene on the, the ship. Hallelujah on the owl. From the, the original Leonard Cohen version. Oh, God. It was the most awkward thing. I think I, I may have. Obviously, you've never been a fat, retired superhero scene. getting laid for the first time in seven years. <laughs> but it was like, yeah. it was like in time, it was working it. It was synchronized to the music, like hallelujah, and they would like slam forward. Deep oh, thrust on the cushion. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's how you do it. And on that song, like I mean, I really like that's the how, we do, it, <laughs> that's how <laughs> we do it. That's how we do it. Married people, they got their whole whole different yeah. deal. <laughs> you got some sort of messed up rhythm. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> you going the hob? We going the jug? Yeah. Not everybody listens to Slayer during sex. <laughs> One last, a uh, couple other comic book movie news things. Uh, Tyrion from Game of Thrones, a.k.a. Peter Dinklage, Dinklage yeah. uh, have been cast for X-Men Days of Future Past. And people are expecting him to play a character named Puck. Yeah, but I also read somewhere this morning oh. uh, something pretty recent that he's actually supposed to play a villain. The main antagonist in the movie. That really? is what I heard too. But if you know anything about that. Days of Future Past, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah. I mean, I, but who knows what they're going to do with that? It's hard to tell. But if he played Puck, a he'd be great. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, like with the CGI and stuff, like I would much rather see Peter Dinklage as Puck doing acrobatic things and kicking people's asses than see Yoda double flipping with a green lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, because Yoda to me is he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into this because I'm sure we there's Star plenty Wars. of hours that we'll dedicate to Star Wars and everything about it. But totally different when you talk about Puck. Like he's a guy who was a normal sized guy that threw some kind of weird. I don't remember what exactly it was in the comics, but he was shrunk down basically. I mean, and he was he was a badass that ran around with the likes of Wolverine, and he spent his time bouncing in a, one of the toughest bars in whatever Saskatchewan. Somewhere <laughs> but yeah. he was a great. You know, he became a great character. You know, he started out as kind of a uh, mascot type movie? thing for Alpha Flight or whatever like, <laughs> when they first uh, that's right Alpha their Flight's own comic the book, Canadian uh, the mid- well not X-Men don't but... start knocking Alpha Flight <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, a 
Okay, I already mentioned Walter Langowski earlier, and if you cut that out, we're going to have words. (laughs) Walter Langowski, as most people know, was a Canadian scientist that became the giant, you know, nine-foot orange Sasquatch. Holy hell. Who was like the big guy on the team, you know. That'll be interesting to see him film. They're not going to make an alpha film. <laughs> I'm saying he's one of those Marvel scientists that you may see as an ancillary character in things like S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Well, IGN's like got also a uh, top ten list of just who they would like to see him play as the main antagonist on their webpage, which would be some interesting. There are a couple of names like Apocalypse got brought up and the, the Shadow King. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I could Tyrion. see for Tyrion. I could see I Shadow King seen... maybe because he's a disc. He's like a discorporate kind of like, well, he's the Shadow yeah. King. Imagine that. Well, they can use all <laughs> sorts of CGI. They yeah, they're exactly. not afraid to do that. Well, he, you know, he's not green and purple, but I could see him being Mesmero, which I don't know if you know what that is. Obviously, a cheesy Stanley. See, like the mind villain control? name. Yeah, yeah, like a mind control guy. But I think he's on an episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. He switches the bodies of Spider-Man. Like green and purple, the weird head yeah, cast. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's totally him. And it was hilarious. I, I just, you know, as far as dwarves, but who says he has to play a dwarf? I like your thing. Because if he's CGI, they can put his head on, you know, Mark Ruffalo's body or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. Anybody. Uh, Apocalypse. Uh, you know, they're not, probably not. Well, that's just the character I think of when I think of Days of Future Past. Because I think of the, the cartoon series on Fox with the X-Men. And that's who the main villain was, was uh, Apocalypse. Right, but that was... Uh, that's not necessarily, that's not, and they might have retroactively changed X history or whatever. They, of course, had a couple of reboots and whatever, but mm-hmm. originally, Days of Future Past was basically the X-Men are all hanging around the X-Mansion one day. Kitty Pride, do you guys know who this is? Oh, yeah. Yes. Shadow Pride. Cat, yeah. Sprite, Ariel, she got a bunch of names and costumes, but she just like, oh my God, it passes out, and then she wakes up and she's like, I'm not Kitty Pride. I'm Catherine Pride from however many years in the future. You've got to listen to me. And she tells a story about how... And then it, the story flashes back and forth then from the future to now and how sentinels have... You know, there's this whole huge graveyard of gravestones like Reed yeah. Richards, you know, Steve Rogers, blah, 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 all the people mm-hmm. that are dead. And it's like Franklin Richards, Rachel Summers, who's Cyclops and Jean Grey's son from an alternate... You know, one of the many alternate universes. <clears throat> Uh, and then a couple other people, Wolverine being one, he's got gray hair, you know, oh, he's yeah, still survivor, part of the so. resistance, you know. Hugh Jackman, is he involved in the movie as I well? think, yeah, they already cast him. Oh, you have, you can't do Days of Future Past without having a Wolverine. Yeah, that would they be, already cast him. They would burn yeah, down something, I mean, you know. Anyway, she got, and it's to stop the assassination of Senator Kelly, the the character from the first X-Men movie that got turned into the globulous water blob. Yeah. The toy was like a little rubber bean bag with his head on it. I was like, this is the most disturbing thing ever. I can't believe Mike came with a toy for my kid. But anyway, uh, there she goes back to basically stop the Brotherhood of Evil mutants from assassinating Senator Kelly. And the Brotherhood of Evil mutants at this time, I think Magneto maybe was dead or considered dead, and it was Mystique, Destiny, who was a blind woman who saw the future, Earthquake, Blob, Pyro, and Pyro, who was, you know, the kid in the the first X go round. Yeah. Which, uh, if they do it, you know, anything like that, I have the trade, I'll bring it in. <laughs> okay. Read it. Uh, but it's, it's so good. And that's uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne at the height of the X-Men's, you know, well, <laughs> nowadays you can't say that, but back when it was just comics, that was the height of the X-Men's pocket. And that and I think Teen Titans from DC 
were the two top selling books of the basically yeah. early to mid late eighties. You know, when I was growing up and really into comics and had a weekly bag of, you know, forty pounds of comics that <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, that's kind of interesting, that whole plot line, because they kind of do that on that show, which I really like. It's on Netflix, the Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah, that's good. And that Professor X is, like, basically speaking to... It was kind of strange, because he's, like, in the future, but then his body was there in the present of coma. It was kind of strange. Um, and the only way he was able to come back was because his body was in a coma, he was able to inhabit himself and send his thoughts through that as a conduit. Yeah, it was pretty Yeah, strange. I've seen a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> that really series Jordan was talking about from the early 90s, all those plot lines are taken straight from the comics, including the Night of the Sentinels and all that stuff. Now, they did the Morph character, of course, yeah. was invented for this series, and he takes the place of a lot of ancillary characters that came and go because the, the well, X-Men we, roster changed like you know I don't even know what the didn't Morph die in the first episode yeah but he comes back as a well a oh so he's sister brings him back oh okay I but, forgot oh, about yeah, that yeah. so I remember Which, I thought I remembered him dying because I really liked him whenever I was a kid I was like oh I yeah. like Morph now, yeah, you well, guys, he's Wolverine's buddy <laughs> yeah alright I don't mean to be the comic book geek guy here but you guys know there's three Summers brothers right Cyclops, Havoc, and Gambit. I did not know that they were all brothers. You didn't know that Gambit was the unknown pre yeah, until recently. Eventually, that was unknown, but it came up that you know it kind of was the thing where it it's like, up, oh, yeah. makes sense because the of red eyes. eyes. <laughs> yeah, the red eyes. So yes. Huh. Which in the comics, are, yeah. it looks like uh, you know they're black with red irises. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember yeah. it looked a little different there. But yeah, he's the third Summers brother, and I don't know if that's still true. Like I said, you know, they change stuff a lot. And I like all the incarnations. I like the Ultimate X-Men. I, You know, that Astonishing X-Men phenomenal. You know, I have this trait up here. And they have the, uh, there's a motion comic on Netflix. The, I uh, saw Gifted, some Which was, I think, the first one. And that's written by... Joss Whedon, isn't it? Maybe. It is, I think, Whedon and Cassidy. Uh, Joss Whedon uh, and then the Cassidy guy draws it. And it's just great. And the motion comic, of course, is... A kid, that guy's original, you know, artwork and stuff, it just kind of moves like the old. You know what's funny is those remind me of really well done '60s Marvel cartoons. I don't know if you remember <laughs> this, but like the Thor cartoon where they had the song about "Cross the Rainbow Bridge to Asgard." You know what I'm talking about? And I didn't I'll, watch those. Okay, well I'm posting that on Facebook tomorrow morning. Uh, but those are, they're so cheesy. But they were basically Kirby panels that just literally like Thor would be like on a stick type thing. And <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was like that. Where the they would not even move at all, or they'd be like, hey, let's go, you know, with the arm randomly They moving. have all these uh, memes coming out from the Spider-Man 60s one. Like, they have a show, I think, on the, uh, on, what is it, Disney XD? Where Ultimate Spider-Man? Well, Ultimate Spider-Man. So no, I love it. But uh, that, they also have a show where... They take those old 60s Spider-Mans and they read up over it. The whole like, like whole episodes? I think so. And they like put in oh goofy dialogue and stuff and make it funny. And there are some pictures online like, that are just memes and stuff where they use those that old Spider-Man cartoons. But I love those. I really do. I mean, like uh, those really the really old 60s Marvel stuff. You know, I grew up in the country, and this was before even a lot of people didn't have cable TV. You know what I mean? So. The first time I saw those old 60s Marvel cartoons, I don't know how old I was, around 10 probably, and I was in North Dakota, Pemina, North Dakota, where you could almost see the Canadian border from the city limits, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they had those old 60s Marvel cartoons. And during that same trip, incidentally, I bought a giant-sized version of Hulk 181 or whatever, where he fights Wolverine. 
yeah. or something like that. You know, the big oversized versions that were like newspaper sized comic books, you know, which of course were completely unpopular and totally uncollectible because they overprinted them or whatever. But, but yeah, those 60s Marvel cartoons were so, they were just great because they were literally just right out of the panels. You know, they just took the panels and made them move. And then Spider-Man and his amazing friends, those are on Netflix. And those were just, those as, are, being <clears throat> the age that I was when those came out, you were like, oh my God, Captain America was just on a cartoon as a cameo and you freak out, you know? And that was are, the kind of thing you made sure you were awake and home in front of the TV for on Sunday morning. Weren't those the ones that were done like in the 80s, early 80s? Oh yeah. Now, Indy loves that one. And he would talk about like, he makes little quotes because we watched it a bunch. <laughs> they have them on Netflix and it's like, it's him and Iceman and this girl Starfire Fire or Firestar. And they actually, from that cartoon, she's now in normal Marvel continuity as a mutant that joined the Avengers at one time and all this stuff. And and, and, yeah, and he's like, I use my fire star powers, and he's like, I heat you up and stuff. And like we we were playing, and he he watched we watched probably at least a good season of that show. <laughs> it's it so bad. Powers. He's like, cool. Spidey friends, blah blah. Like, oh, it's yeah. so cheesy, but it's great. It's. He loved it. I don't know. It's kind of fun to watch, though. All right, let's last little bit of news. Just I'm really excited about this because this movie it needs a good movie. It needs a good reboot. People have been talking about it for years. Strawberry shortcake, the motion picture. <laughs> Tom McFarlane uh, is saying that the Spawn reboot is still happening. I'll believe that when I see an escort at a hockey game. Is <laughs> the thing he says? Uh, Do they? This was recently at a at some event he was at just recently, but it says not only is the film script almost completed with an animated TV series set to be produced after the movie is released, McFarlane claims to have an Academy Award winner and patiently awaiting the chance to star. While showing off toys at the Toy Fair this week, TIA Toy Fair. Hold on, hold on. Uh huh. Can you read that other part again? He's gonna star. No, no, no. McFarland claims to have an Academy Award winner impatiently awaiting the chance to star. Jamie Foxx? That's what everyone's thinking. I just... Did you see my face twitch just now? <laughs> like, I, at first I was like, Spawn, Schmawn, but my God. Like, I maybe? Yeah. How much money is that hockey team he bought making? Like, <laughs> I don't... I mean, and he, hey, McFarland's been really smart. I mean, the whole time. I mean, he really made Spawn in a weird time where... Effects were sort of getting there, but we're still between that rubber-suited look and then the yeah. fact that the car- the cape is the only cartoon in the whole the frame. The CGI uh, is just not quite good enough to really sell it. And a lot of people knock on John Leguizamo. I thought he, he did, did a really good job. If you read the comics, he did a great job being like that the character clown. Yeah, yeah, I thought he did a really good job. And I also... Uh, I think Michael J. White was all right. I oh, he was great. Him. I thought he was really good. I thought he was good. He did a good job portraying that uh, the part of that character, you know, the ex-mercenary, you know, guy. Uh, but in the movie, I don't remember them, you know, in the comics, when Spawn finally uses, can, is able to use his powers to make himself human, he can only make himself into a white man. <laughs> no, and that's part of the thing. So he can't go back and reintroduce himself to his wife, and who's now with his best friend or whatever, like, and that was, you know, you laugh if you want, but it, that was a crazy, it like... kind of sad. I will say this. I don't know. The movie's, uh, the movie's got to be better than the older one. I would almost think it'd have to be. But the... Uh, if they I don't think get released in theaters, it will be. I don't think the show could be better than the HBO one they did. I love the HBO animated series. It I was thought really it was good. It was really good. It was... And they didn't hold back on anything. 
I had my grandpa recording them for me because it would come on really late, and he would have his thing set automatically to record. Well, one time he watched an episode. <laughs> he didn't that was the end of him recording he, it for you, right? Yeah. Then he's like, I'm not recording these anymore. Like he's, In the middle of, you know. But he didn't get that mad at me, but he's just like, Sean, I'm not recording this. Like, right. I can't he's even. like, I've been an accessory to this for how many times? <laughs> Halfway through the season, I don't know. But uh, let's see. And I think the one episode he watched too was when uh, where he had the white mask. He was the one who actually had assassinated the fellow assassin that took out the main character. Yeah, yeah, that's a guy from uh, the Young Blood. I think uh, he had like a skull uh, thing. It was like Chapman or something like that. Yep, you're totally throwing me off with whatever you keep saying. Okay, sorry, I don't know. But that guy. No, no yeah, he's, a, he's another big. Black guy, yeah. military guy with a flat top, and he's got the skull painted that stops the top yes. of his lips, and like, yeah. and I can't. But he, he was the one I've seen my grandpa watch was when that guy was banging a hooker, so that did not turn out so well. <laughs> oh. And it's easy. I was like, no, they're not all like that, Grandpa. And Sometimes they're just killing people and crushing people's heads. He's a bad guy. You and me, in defense of both you and me, it's easy to forget Rob Liefeld characters. To forget what? Rob Liefeld characters. Rob Liefeld? What is that? Oh, the guy who did the animation for it? No, no, no. Rob Liefeld. That was a character from Youngblood. Rob Liefeld was a guy that in the early mid '90s was doing Levi 501 commercials because he was like he was a young teenage kid, I think, when he first got his first comic book. He was an artist, but man, he's just he's a joke. He's an industry joke now. Oh. You know, from drawing Captain America with boobs and people with no ankles. <laughs> I've heard about that. With no ankles and hip-sized wrists and just, you know. <laughs> but at the time, in the 90s, everything was about Flash and foil covers. and He was he drew great, like, teams coming at you in your face. But really, the rest of it was, like, talking heads and then giant people making poses. And, you know, <laughs> not much of a sequential artist. Despite promising that animated installment of Spawn was imminent years ago. And I remember that. Because he did promise. He's like, it's coming out. And I was pumped. And uh, nothing happened. It seems the plans have changed to let a live-action movie kick off Spawn segment. So they decided to go with the live-action movie first, then do the animated thing and hold off on that. It's actually what Tom McFarlane said. I continue to write a page here and there. As I've said before, I got a guy waiting on the sidelines who's an Academy Award-winning actor who phones every three weeks going, Todd, where's the script? Where's the script? He came out to the office. He gave me his pitch. I gave him my pitch my pitch and he's like fine let's do your gig the pitch i gave him was that we could then do like 10 of these for the next 10 years and he wouldn't have to be 22 for the rest of his life what is going on in this <laughs> did you even read that before you decided <laughs> no, to bring it on because that's saw. crazy like now you're trying to tell me that i saw this article the last minute so i didn't get a chance to read this and i printed this one off well maybe either but then again who knows let's see so uh, the plan would be to do the movie, bring the movie out, then go back on TV with the animation like we did the first time. But the cool thing with the animation is we've got 90 minutes all set, ready to go, other than just sending it into an animation house. We've done all the voice recordings, the backgrounds and everything. The technology is way better than it was a decade ago. There's some spectacular stuff that we can do now that we, that we couldn't do when we had it on HBO. Well, I mean, the technology these days is only going to get better, and it does lend itself to... Realistically, 
a guy like Jamie Foxx or any other actor could play a role for years and years and only lending new voiceovers after they get that motion capture thing where they can make it look perfect. And I mean, they can do it. I mean, or, you know, if they can't do it now, by the time it's an issue with him, it won't be an issue, if that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? But I think the technology advancing is great for Spawn. But I don't know if enough people are still into... I mean, does the comics still sell well? Because the fact that I don't know means probably not. (laughs) I don't... Do they still make it even? been out of touch for so long. I mean, there's probably a lot of people that just don't really remember the series that, you know, younger ages and... Well, I don't. I know you guys might. I mean, you guys might not know this, but you know, McFarlane started out as he really gained notoriety as a Spider-Man artist. Yes, I, and I phenomenal. Know. You see a lot of that in the Spawn, except for instead of the crazy webs, you see the cape. You know, because yeah. the cape has a mind of its own, which was a great add into the story because it gives him or any other artist like just go nuts with the cape. <laughs> well, it's a great visual, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Spawn's still good. I thought I'd seen something a while back where it was ending. It, it could yeah, still be ending just usually means they're ready to start over with another number one. Right. So I don't. I honestly don't know for sure. I do remember going back and rereading the old Spawns and definitely noticing them like the writing's kind of shit and the early ones, like the actual dialogue and stuff. It just, it was really clunky. Like it was not nearly as interesting the writing, but the art is amazing. But the writing, I definitely, I definitely picked up on some of the critiques of the. Comic that were out when the time when I was when I was like, whenever I was like twelve that I saw it was like Spawn's fucking amazing. When I read it, I thought it was great. It was only whenever I go back, you know, with adult eyes, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of weak. The comics or the movie? The comics. As far as the writing of it, the art was great, but in the, there were I didn't get to some of the stuff where they brought in the good writers. Where they did write, they did bring Neil Gaiman and the Alan Moore one. Yeah. I don't know if I got to read. Those well, you know, and there was, and, I, and you know, honestly, again, Neil Gaiman looks like Tim Burton, and then Alan Moore. <laughs> they're both <laughs> kind of weird guys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I don't yeah. remember which one of them that was that created the Angelica or Angelica. That was character. Neil Gaiman, and they had. And there was all a big lawsuit thing because there's actually a cameo of her in the Spawn movie. I didn't realize she was in it. Or at know, least not that I remember There was now. no internet when that movie was made. <laughs> or really. I mean, but, uh, no, she's, uh, there's a, the ballroom scene or whatever, and there's a hot-looking strawberry blonde red chick that turns and walks toward the camera, and she's got those earrings. Yeah. Those big, like, Spanish-looking, th- and the, that's, it's definitely her. And you get the idea that she knows what's going on and leaves because all that shit's about to go down. It's just really, because obviously McFarlane or whoever had plans to, introduce her and maybe even backtrack and introduce that scene again from a different point of view. Yeah, I, th- I don't think, and I think Neil Gaiman ended up getting to retain the rights to that comic, so I had a, from the library, they had a hardcover set of like the first so many issues, but it left out Nine, the one that had her in it. And I think, I want to say that Nine was a weird, like, uh, it didn't, like there was an ongoing storyline and then all of a sudden Nine was like, and then this one time... <laughs> You know what I mean? And then they went back to what was going on, maybe. There's a backstory that's... There's a couple of Because, and one of the things, even though Spawn was one of the best books that Image was putting out initially about meeting their deadlines. And I know that you guys don't, maybe, unless you've read about it, don't really realize this, but like, because it was a new comic book company and I was making way too much money at the time, I bought everything (laughs) Image put out the first year. Which was like maybe seven or eight titles, monthly titles, and they might have published 12 books that year. Maybe 14, if that tells you anything. Wow. Like you'd buy a monthly, you know, in quotes, (laughs) monthly title. It would come out in January. You might see another issue by summer. 
I mean, it was, but Spawn was, and Spawn and Savage Dragon were one of those, they came out all time, all time, all time. And Savage most of those guys Dragon had, had a good following. Most of those guys had three or four issues in the bag, but then, man, as soon as the publishing, you know, and the distributing caught up to what they were doing, it was, they couldn't do it. Because they put so much into the initial startup and thing, I guess, but again, Liefeld was one of those guys, Liefeld McFarlane, uh, Eric Larson, who, Savage Dragon, if you guys have never read it, or seen the cartoon. I the watched 90s. the cartoon. Did you ever see it? Was it? On it was on USA. So, to start. I thought it was on USA. It might have been afterwards, because I think USA kind of... Uh, Bought UPN or something? Borg assimilated uh, UPN, yeah, at one yeah. point. I don't know, I used to But Eric Larson, definitely. Savage Dragon's a great title, especially early ones. A uh, great title to pick up. And he, Well, he's in Invincible, which is something I know we've all read. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, him and his daughter are in the funeral yeah, scene. Yeah, I remember. The the, the, he's the green guy, Chicago cop with a big oh, fin yeah. on his head. Hmm. Yeah, he was definitely in there. Box office... Top of the box office was a good day to Die Hard, the new Die Hard movie, which I think that's to be expected. Also to be expected, it's about sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't oh, know. Oh, that's not surprising at all. Yeah, I kind of got a bad review, but it may be fun. It's it's one of those movies I look at. It just it looks worth a rental, fun action and stuff. I like uh, catch it for the one liners. Yeah, yeah. Well, they get a money boost too from people that haven't paid to see a movie in the theaters since they saw the first Die Hard movie. They're like. Well, Bruce Willis is making something. I, I love Republicans or whatever, you know, and they go see it because stuff blows up and everybody's got a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it looks like it's doing well. Um, Netflix recommendations? Uh, hey, just real quick, can we just comment on how the only movie you can even have anything to say about is the number the number one movie? Because right now there's not shit out. It's and it's true. like this every year, or for the most part, every year you have that... After Christmas season, where everybody's going to the movies from Thanksgiving to Christmas, everybody goes to the show. That's why everything awesome comes out. And it's not in the summer, it's around then. And then there's this lull. Yeah. We have a lot of indie stuff and a lot of, you know, the King's Speech, you know, which is not a shit movie. I'm just saying yeah. you have a lot of things that, you know. I mean, I know. Not a lot of big blockbusters come out this time. Jordan, I know you liked uh, Warm Bodies. Yeah, well, that was number two, probably just because of Valentine's Day, you know, being It was, that and week. now it's like number five or six. Looks like maybe six. How many weeks do you expect a zombie movie to stay in the top? Looks five? like five. Yeah. You know, it's like number five. Three's good. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's also the Side Effects is supposed to be a really good movie, and it's got a lot of great reviews, but not a real big release and stuff. So it's definitely one I'll watch when it comes out. But yeah, it's not like you said. This is the time of the year for the box office kind of be shit. So it it is definitely to be expected. Netflix recommendations for my movie. I wanted to put out there. Ink. Ink is this crazy, crazy kind of indie movie. It's uh, a little low budget, but they pull it off really well as far as special effects and story. Jordan, did you see Ink? I did watch it. Yeah. And uh, Fred, have you seen it's Ink? It's what? It's streaming on Netflix? Uh-huh. No, I it's don't think Ink. I have. And it's amazing. And if you hear the plot, I think the plot is enough to just about pull you in. It's a kid goes to sleep, and then there's like these people that can go into other people's... Almost like... It starts to sound like Inception, but it's not like Inception... It's like a weird... When yeah. he goes into a dream... It's monster-like guy. Yeah, he's like this weird monster. He's got this like really long nose, and he's stealing this child... Kidnapping this child to take her to this horrible group uh, where they have like... Their faces are on TV sets and stuff. It's disturbing. And they basically... I don't... Is it like they want to eat their dreams or something? Fucking yeah. Weird. They just want to feed on their dreams. But they're like these... Demo- but they feed on like nightmares. They create yeah. nightmares and feed on like through these weird... 
It's like this weird yeah. evil group of beings. It sounds and completely he's, horrific. And, and he's trying awesome. he's trying to get in with them and so he kidnaps this girl so he can try to win them over. So that way then and it's something along the lines of so that way then they'll like something like maybe put him to sleep or give him rest or somehow they can take away his pain or something like that. But uh, I I want to watch it again. Like the first time I watched it like definitely remember tearing up. And also really good action for being a low-budget movie. If you remember, yeah. like, some of the fight... Because there's another group that are out there trying to, like, go into these people's dreams and, like, uh, feed off the positive and stuff. And they're, like, trying to stop him from taking mm-hmm. this girl. And there's some, like... So there's some good, like, martial arts-style scenes and stuff. I, I My description doesn't even do it justice. It's it's a phenomenal movie. Uh, I really liked yeah. it. Jordan? Yeah, it was really good. I liked it quite a bit myself. I think I gave it, like, uh, four out of five stars, so... It's got a really good twist. I think the only problem is that the main actor could have been a little bit better. And um, it's just, you know, it has a little bit of a lower budget feel to it. But they yeah. pull off a lot of really cool special effects and little, a lot of cool mm-hmm. things. Jordan, do you want to go with yours? Okay. I had a uh, horror movie here I wanted to uh, discuss. Uh, it's called VHS. It's about the this uh, this movie where these guys are going to try to recover this videotape they got like some offer online i believe and they just go to this guy's house to try to recover a vhs tape all these tapes have these like crazy just horror like stories uh one's just about like kind of this succubus type character and that gets kind of crazy uh there's couple of ones are just not that good. Um, <laughs> the second and I think also the third one weren't that great. There was uh, one about this girl that was plotting against a, a boyfriend. Uh, there's one about just a haunted house, which actually was pretty good. So, so it's a, basically though a collection of short films. A, yeah, a collection of short films. There's also a this inner story going on with the people that were trying to that rob the house. Find, yeah, find and, these tapes. Yeah, pretty good horror movie just for any horror fan that's looking for something to watch. It's kind of like a. So I mean, literally a found footage film. They find <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, tapes, right. but it's that kind of film like Chronicle yeah. or. Uh, I find myself lingering over that a lot. Uh, looking when I want to watch something scary, I see it a lot. It comes up, and I'm just like uh, VHS. That's kind of like yeah. watching a horror movie called Rotary Phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. It's all about VHS tapes, so uh, it's a good collection of horror you know, stories. Interesting. So I thought it looked. I saw out. the trailer for it. I thought it looked. I thought it looked creepy. Especially it does. Parts. I mean, it looks. It looks pretty good. I mean, the description yeah. and whatever. I. I I'm obviously going to watch it in the next seven days. <laughs> I, like I do everything you guys recommend. Uh, my movie for uh, streaming on Netflix is Griff the Invisible. Uh, this stars Jason Stackhouse from True Blood. I think his name's Ryan Quantin. Is oh, that right? Okay. Or Clawan or Cl- mm. Quantin. I think it's K-W-A-N-T-O-N. Uh, is it Stackhouse? I thought he's supposed to be, uh, what's his face, his nephew or something, or younger brother. Chad Lowe. Rob Lowe's younger brother, right? I don't think that's the right guy you're thinking of. I thought it was Rob Lowe. Maybe you're right. No, there is a Lowe character that's in it, but it's not. No, I think the kid from from uh, True Blood. I think that's supposed to be Rob Lowe's younger brother. Well, anyway, <laughs> no, I think you're thinking of the wrong guy. 
But the main guy, Jason Stackhouse, I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Quanton, and he plays the lead role in this movie, which is, I don't know if you guys have seen them, and not that they're terrible, but uh, Defendor with Woody Harrelson, um, and then also the one with Michael Rappaport, where he thinks he has superpowers. It's called, like, something super, or something. I don't wait, know, whatever. Wait, is Michael Rappaport, is that the name of... Uh Dwight Schrute's character from Office? Is that who you're talking about? Oh, my God, oh, sorry, no. Michael Rappaport. Why am I blanking No, out? Michael Rappaport is the guy from Eraserhead, and he's in True Romance. He's Dick Ritchie. You yes, know, you're talking girls. about the... Uh, he's kind of a... How can I... Get a TV show recently. Yes, I'd tall, like redhead... Good oh, he talks like a Brooklyn... Right, anyway, uh, but those movies were both along these same lines, but real depressing if you watch them. Defendor, I saw. Yes, and it the other one depressing. is a lot like that, but even worse, because you see him, like, convinced he has superpowers and then run full tilt boogie into a brick wall and shit, and you're just like, ugh, I'm going to vomit. Uh, <laughs> but Griff the Invisible, it's similar to those, uh, and if you, you know, people other than Sean who don't really know what those are, uh, this guy goes out and thinks he's a superhero, basically. And whether he is or not, I'll leave up to you. But he obviously is a different, you know, he's a, an individual that has some issues. I mean, but it's it's worth checking out. Yeah, anyway, that's my movie. Right? Yeah, and that one's on Netflix. So. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, did either of you guys, have you guys seen any movies, like DVD that you've rented or anything, or is there something maybe you downloaded lately? Okay, there you go. I was going to say, <laughs> rent from where? That would be outside of Netflix. Jordan, I think you said you hadn't really seen anything. Uh, I haven't really seen outside anything uh, just outside Netflix. I did watch The Watch for the first time. Pretty surprisingly good. I heard bad things about it, and I watched it, and it was okay. So. The Watch is the one with... Um, ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Oh, Hill. yeah, okay, yeah. I've what, not seen that. I good? loved it. and it, yeah. I, Well, Love is, of course, very strong. I really liked it. I thought it was yeah. really funny. Um, make sure you get the the uncensored unrated version because yeah. it's why would I not? I don't know I don't know why would I go and be like can you give me the PG <laughs> but I mean there's something I want to make sure this is safe for me yeah <laughs> all the jokes have a little bit more oomph to them yeah, yeah. With, the, with the language and stuff and it's really really I thought it was a lot funnier than I expected it to be. yeah it was really good it was a surprisingly good movie all about just uh, aliens just good movie Check it out sometime. Another recommendation for me, as far as you asked about movies we've yeah, seen recently, maybe from somewhere out. Uh, and I, it's not a movie that I hadn't seen, but something that I revisited recently, which is a movie called The Vikings from the 50s. Oh. Actually, the entire thing is on YouTube uh, in Technicolor, you know, and it's a great <laughs> version of the movie. You can watch the whole thing in its entirety, and it's fantastic. Did you say that one starred uh, Kurt Russell? No, I don't know. He would have been. F- <laughs> Not For some reason, I thought you said he was uh, in Kirk a Douglas, Kurt Douglas, Curtis, that's how, that's how Ernest Borgnine, maybe Janet Lee. I can't remember who the chick is, but and then I don't know what the actor's name is, unfortunately. But the guy that's playing basically the King of England looks like Louis C.K. So, uh, but it's a great, it's a great movie. Uh, just, just watch it. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. I'll check it out. Okay. Two. I had two. One was uh, Seven Psychopaths. It's phenomenal. It's so funny. If you like Sam Rockwell at all, you're going to love the movie. Oh, who doesn't like That's, Sam Rockwell? I, I, I yeah. was wondering that myself. I heard uh, someone who we work with uh, comment how they didn't uh, didn't like the way it ended. Obvious. It's oh, okay. It's yeah. good. Don't listen to them. Just watch the movie. It's really, really, really good. <laughs> Don't listen to that guy. <laughs> Don't listen to the guy. 
it's I think it's really really good, and I think it got really good reviews too. I haven't checked. Yeah, it did um, get good reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So I mean, that, they are pretty harsh. And judges Christopher sometimes. Walken, Christopher Walken is so good in it. I, so there's this one actor in it, and maybe you'll be able to identify who he is and where he's from. Looks so familiar. I know I've seen him in other things. He's the guy that's going to be holding the rabbit. If you get to watch this movie, you'll know who I'm talking about when you watch What's it. What's it called? Seven, Seven Psychopaths. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, someone, it must have been the same person, was just yeah, telling yeah. me that they were watching that the other day. It's uh, and it's on. It's where did you find that? I, I got it from Redbox. But oh, well, okay. I have the internet. It's okay. Find <laughs> it. And then the other movie recommendation I had was, and this comes back to where we talked about the internet and living in our modern age. This movie's called The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Uh, me and my wife watched together, and it's set in the late 80s, and it's this kid in high school. It's a it's a coming-of-age story, and, it, and it's got a lot of drama and stuff in there, but some funny parts, too. Good acting all around. Based on a popular Paul, book. Based on a popular book. Or a Paul, series, maybe? Just a book. Okay. One. Um, and what's really weird is that it's directed by the author, which that seems like it never happens. So I thought that was very, very rarely. Paul Rudd is in it. He's the teacher, and he actually mm-hmm. plays a, a very... A straight performance, very just a dramatic. Doesn't really get goofy and stuff. So that's kind of weird to see him do that because he hasn't really done something outside of goofy comedies for some time. It seems like he used what? to do some other ones. Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Clueless. <laughs> uh, well, but, he's a uh, funny guy. I mean, he's yeah. funny. He is funny, but he's he's everyone was really good at. It. And it's just weird. There was a scene where they listened to a song on the radio in the car. And there was like this kind of pivotal moment for him listening to the song, but he couldn't figure out. They didn't know who it was. It didn't say after the song was over. And there's no place to go look up the Google the lyrics or something. And none of them in the car knew who the artist was. So like they just couldn't. It was like this mystery that doesn't get solved till later until they find someone who was into music and they happen to know who the artist was. They can't call the radio station. <laughs> I mean, I guess. They I mean, they had telephones. I mean, I guess if the kids had written down the radio station that played it and all that, but I written they it down. Have... When was the last time you listened to a radio station that didn't tell you the name of it every thirty seconds? <laughs> every time a song ends, you're listening to. I guess song. was that a common thing? You'd be like, "What the fuck was that song?" And then you call in, be like, "Hey." Well, sure, especially I guess if you before? you come in halfway through, flip it through the radio, and you're like, "Oh my god, I don't know what that was, but I liked it a lot." You know, and if they don't say that was blah blah blah, you. Know, you could always call the radio. I mean, if it was really one of those things like, oh my God, it's blowing my oh, mind. Like, I just you think you just drive there. I just remember the song, too, is the uh, We Could Be Heroes. Uh, what's his face? Uh, David Bowie singing it. I like David Bowie. But I thought that there was a cover. Was that originally from someone like Bob Dylan or something? No, it was just came from... I don't know. Or didn't just, the maybe Wallflower. it's just your rendition. No, uh, Bob Dylan's son. Son, the I Wallflowers. Think, I think the Wallflowers singer, covered yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I had that kind of version of it in my head um yeah it's a really good movie if you get if you get a chance i liked it i guess last thing we're gonna do for for this show is does nick cage suck okay i don't think we have time for walking dead we'll, we'll save it for next walking time dead, we definitely don't have time for that's all i mean we gotta go into all the comics and everything that's going on that's a whole you need uh, to vote the whole segment to that but nick cage we're just gonna go through i'm just gonna call vote you say yay nay or may and so, and if and if we all are kind of undecided, undecided or haven't seen it, then uh, I'll I will go to the Rotten Tomato review. We'll have our answer whether or not he sucks. As far as movies, acting, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
Now, do we not count that one since he only had a small part, I guess? And he's billed as Nicholas Coppola in that movie, so I think we scratched that off. Okay. He doesn't get to add that to his average. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Valley. Valley Girl, he gets every bit of the credit for. He played a great role, which basically was an idiot. Perfect. I've heard nothing but it was good. Have you seen it? You've never seen Valley it? Valley Girl. I've heard it's really good. Kevin Smith gushes over the movie. I've heard him talk about it before. Why did you go out and watch it? Though? I saw parts You're of the one it that Kevin way Smith back. Tattoo. I know. <laughs> I have but not yeah, seen Valley Girl. I haven't seen... I only saw... Parts of it. Well, I guess you guys both have your homework assignments, don't you? Yeah, I do need to watch that one. Apparently. But I don't know where I'll get to see it, but maybe on Netflix. So, yeah, I'm going to go with yeah on that one. Rumblefish, I liked it. Did you ever see that? Mm -mm. It's got Matt Dillon in it. It's based on a book from the same. Can we title this segment Sean Mentions Matt Dillon Twice? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, yeah, it's great. Basically, on like an S.E. Hinton book, right? Like The Outsiders, written by the same guy. it was really super popular back then. But again, I don't know. Racing with the Moon? Mm-hmm. The I review is 60%, that. which is barely fresh. So we're going to have to go with the A. According to Rotten Tomatoes, 60%, that's fresh. So, <laughs> Birdie? Great movie. One of the only ones that he deserves. I mean, because he's one of the main characters, and he's good. And if you haven't seen it, that's something you guys... Uh, Jordan, I don't know if you'll make it through that, but... Uh, definitely you need to check it out. Him and Matthew Modine, it's it's good. The Cotton Club. Did not see that. Great movie. Nicolas Cage, though, in it. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Nicolas Cage, though, in the Hold movie. Down. You're making me... Just because he's in a good movie doesn't mean he's good. Okay. Well, so you didn't think he was good enough? I liked Superman 3 for the Superman versus Clark Kent fight, but I wouldn't say Richard Pryor was good in the movie. <laughs> But I don't know what you expect when you put Richard Pryor in a Superman movie. He was perfect for that. Peggy Sue got married. Funny. He's good. Why um, are you only <laughs> writing down my votes? I'm the one that hates uh, no, it. Because I know he hasn't seen it. I and know. I haven't seen it. When it comes to ones that I know... you're only doing... What's this? This is, a, this is the total. Oh, so uh, like, for each one. Yeah, so on this one, the consensus is... A but I'm good, with yeah. I'm good with this so far. You know my... Yeah. Okay. Um, Moonstruck. Shares in it. Get real. <laughs> so you're saying it's good? This no, no. I'm not saying it's good. She was but good. if you can name one good share movie, I'll give you a cookie. Mask the Rocky Dennis story. Done. <laughs> That's not a good movie. That's, That's a movie where you try to figure out whether he or his mother is, has more plastic surgery going on. Hey, she was young then. She looked all right. She looked all right. That was a good movie. She was that young. Was Did you movie. just say she was young then? A uh, young. I used that term. Yeah, back then she was your mom's age. Now, <laughs> the age your mom is now was how old Cher was when Cher that movie was came like, out. Uh, be careful. Be careful. Oh, forty-two, maybe. Watch throwing out numbers that you don't know anything about. <laughs> what year were you born? Just based on. What year were you born? Just eighty-five. Okay, the Sunny and Cher show. <laughs> Was on, what, 10 years before that? And she was already old enough to have been on TV and not mm, super talented, okay. I wouldn't say. So you're saying mid-70s? Although I've never had sex with her. <laughs> uh, weird, though, because I'm probably too old at this point. But, uh, even though she's my grandmother's age. <laughs> Moonstruck, though, I'm, Wait, do I, I don't see... None, none of us... <laughs> You guys watch that movie, but I'm telling you, you're not going to... You might be like, oh, that was funny. You're not going to like that movie. 
you know, it did get 90, 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think she won an Oscar for it, but we'll say nay. Um, right there, Cher <laughs> won an Oscar. Uh, let's see, Raising Arizona? We got it. We all one. love that movie. Yeah, yeah. But again, do you do you really look at that as a Nicolas Cage movie? Even though he's one of the, the yeah, main I'm, characters, really? Like, you're like, oh, Nick Cage movie. I don't look at it as a you John Goodman movie. It's a Coen Brothers movie, and you know that as well as I do. Yeah. And then when you put it into a category, that's where it goes. It's not like, well, it's a Nick Cage movie directed by the Coen Brothers. Well, it is also, I think we almost need to make a separate list. It's one of those movies, the many, many movies, Nick Cage has a... Uncanny ability to fall backwards into <laughs> awesome roles. No, he has the song. <laughs> he has voiceover, like a narration. He does that in so many movies. And he did that in Raising Arizona. That's one. I'm going to keep trying Because people like his raspy Kathleen Turner-like voice. <laughs> he says something like, I'm more of a protector. What is, I'm trying to think of how his voice is in National Treasure. Let's He's move on. All National all right. Treasure. <laughs> all right. Vampire's Kiss. I didn't see it. Oh, I've seen it. Do you like it? No, it's not a good movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. What kind of rating did Rotten Tomatoes give Vampire's Kiss? 62%. Oh, <laughs> All right, Firebirds, that got terrible reviews. Can't I've, be a good movie. I've never seen it, thankfully, because, yeah, <laughs> he's got a lot of movies with low reviews, and let me tell you, when you get to one of them, you're going to have to put down more than one mark because it's that bad. <laughs> what do you think about it? <laughs> Wild at Heart, great movie. I, I like one of the uh, last good thing, one of the last good things he did. David Lynch again. This we talked about this. Yeah, I haven't seen that. That Cookie Motherfucker. One of the last things that he was the main. He drove the movie and was just great. And Laura Dern wasn't too bad he, in the movie. Oh no, she's phenomenal <laughs> in the movie. And you know that I, you know he's. I'll admit that he's great in some movies, but let's move on. Okay, uh, Zandali. Bucket. Sounds a lot like Xanadu with Lily Dear John. Thankfully, I missed the one with Nick Cage. <laughs> but you saw Xanadu? I never it was seen it. was a 4 o'clock movie or whatever when I was a little kid. I never seen it. But it was... Did you like you it? Lily Dear John was hot. In the 80s when I was she 10. Was, especially when I was in 10, the... I prayed that... I wish you were my mom. Because <laughs> I was too young to know what sex was. So I'm like, obviously, the next best thing is... Yeah. Please replace my mother as my main you know, woman in my life. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I liked her in Greece. Oh, well, I saw her recently in one of the. I don't know, a year or two ago on Glee. Uh, I just admitted that. Uh, <laughs> but still, for somebody that's about my dad's age, pretty she hot. Holds, she holds up. Pretty hot. He's done a lot of Vegas movies, or at least two. <laughs> What's the next? Uh, honeymoon in Vegas. Isn't that the one where he uh, was Sarah Jessica Parker? Guy diving Galvises. Wait, what? I don't. Was that later in the movie? All I remember is him losing the losing the hand in poker or whatever. So you've only and, seen a couple minutes of the movie. I've YouTube. I probably clips. saw the first half. No, I didn't. I didn't see YouTube. I watched like the first half. Oh, maybe we should go back and just only judge these movies on the first half. <laughs> Bad. Just, just put I mean, it down. Okay. A lot, I mean, and a lot. And honestly, a lot of people like it. Jordan is not going to like them. I mean, maybe, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't think I would like it. Okay. Deadfall? Did you see that? Was that the one earlier you were talking about? Deadfall, <laughs> I did not see. As a matter of fact, until I saw that on that list, I had never heard of it. And the fact that it got a 0% yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. 
Can you, either one of you guys, name another movie you've seen that got a zero? I mean, not off the top of my head. No, I, <laughs> I don't think I've I don't think, think Mortal Kombat Annihilation came close. I don't <laughs> think. No, so did no, movie no, no. 43. I think it was a six. I don't think Double Dragon got a zero percent. <laughs> That's a great Because the guy from T2 is in it. Or oh, T3 yeah. Great or movie. Great movie. Robert Patrick. Red Rock West. Never seen it. Never heard of it. But got 95%. Uh, and if, if you notice, some of the movies we're talking about, too. Like, he's not... He's like a producer in one or two, which we haven't oh, got that yeah. far yet, but I try to, one of the ones that he scored really well on, he was like a producer. I remember seeing that earlier. Well, it's kind of weird. Uh, most of these, how strange. Most of these, they have his character name, the character that he was credited as, but in some of these, they have it where it just says actor. actor. Red Rock West, none of us have seen it. No, sort They're giving it a 95%. No, it goes in the middle because no, we don't have an opinion. Okay, all right. How are you going to... You're going to judge my man? Well, I thought if we all said meh, or we didn't know, then we fall back to the Rotten Tomatoes review. Okay, that's fine. So, I'm going to trust in my law of averages. I did the math already earlier today, okay. so yes. Put it in the yes column. I'm good with that. All right. Amos and Andrew. I remember the Amos title. Amos and Andy. I remember the title of this, but I don't remember... I don't remember I've don't. i seen it and don't remember it, so that's a no. Okay, we'll say no. And it got a bad review, too. Trapped in Paradise. I remember that movie, and I remember never being able to get into it. You've probably never seen, seen it. it. Don't you? They robbed a bank and they get stuck like somewhere up in like Wisconsin. It's like frozen. It's him, Garth, <laughs> Dana Carvey, Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, and John Lovitz. They're like three criminals. You. That's a good movie, but again, the critic. It, oh, Nicholas Cage in, was not. I don't think he was. Trapped in Paradise. Yeah, you like it's it? a good movie, but it's not. Nicholas Cage was no good at it. I it's like I, The Last Samurai and the great movie minus Tom Cruise it would have been great but I'll he's terrible. In the, uh, guarding Tess. Stupid <laughs> dog and my grandma probably has it on Blu-ray. I remember seeing the cover and not being interested in seeing the movie. It's like The Bodyguard starring him and Estelle Getty or some old woman. They, oh. Yeah, they decided to mix The Bodyguard and Driving Miss Daisy in one uh, With no black movie. people. There's probably not a black man in there unless he's like robbing someone. It's a terrible movie. Don't go see it. I like this movie. Uh, it Could Happen to You. I thought that was a good movie. Do you really? Uh, are we judging the movies no. or are we judging Nicolas Cage I'm in saying, these movies? I thought he was good in it. I thought he was fine in it. I it's, don't remember that movie. It's, the movie, it's got a... I gotta agree with you. Rosie Perez. Okay. Mark and Yay. All right. He ends up winning the lottery and he had already agreed to split half of it with the waitress and... So his wife kind of You know what they need? Support, YouTube Cliff Notes versions of movies. So you could just... So, so you can just... They kind of do that with, like, movie reviews. Some of them, they'll just kind of cover it. But just yeah, enough my, to, my brain does that. Like, some movies I've never seen that I could tell you the director, the top three actors, and then a brief synopsis, even though I've never seen 30 seconds of the movie. Because you're just inundated with that shit all the time. That's true. Uh, Leaving Las Vegas. That one, I think we got to give it to him. Right. Yeah. Even though he let the chick from Adventures in Babysitting uh, outact him, because she's hands down phenomenal. She'll never be that good. I mean, maybe she will, but she was. Did you, you've seen it? I mean, recently she, you've seen it in the last no, year. I'm gonna say no. Okay. No. Because I watched it like maybe last summer, nine, ten months ago. It's a. It is a great movie, and it's one of those ones that we talked about this. Some of his movies, he's just in some iconic movies that are always going to be great. She's better than him, but it is a good movie, so let's just get all I mean, she is list. better when she goes on to do Hollow Man, but she was pretty good in Leaving Las Vegas. 
She's pretty uh, awesome in Adventures of Babysitting. Too. Yeah, that's what I love her in. <laughs> Kiss to Death. Isn't that the one where he's like in a wife beater gets in the fight with the ginger dude who's a cop? That's the only scene I remember. I think that maybe that It's movie. a no. It's a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's how much? 68? That's fresh. 60% or better is fresh. What do they give Bruce Campbell? I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll have to look sometime. We'll have to do a Bruce Campbell one. Well, I'm going to guess it might be rotten. I don't know. <laughs> I like Bruce Campbell He's a lot. Made a lot, of shit. Like a lot. He's made a lot of shit. You like yes. Nick Cage more? No, I think I probably... Well, you know... Nick Cage has been in more movies than I liked more. I guess. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't see Alien Invasion. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Calder, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, uh, it's, a cl- it's a great role for Bruce Campbell, though, right? I mean, it's a cheesy movie, but he's yeah. perfect in it. Let's see, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Jordan. I, We're I, getting into your, the, your area where you know some of these. Yeah, things. I'd have to say yay on that. Yeah. Oh, uh, no way. I'm going to say... I'm going to have to say Tony Todd is better in that movie. <laughs> Tony Todd. He's in it. Yeah, yeah, you want to talk about... I, you know, I didn't bring up the full list of the Tony Todd movies, but they'll, it would blow your mind. The I, Rock, another one. He's in it. I will yeah. say... He's the he, one that says, that I don't know if they're going to whatever, and he says maybe we should start killing hostages or whatever. That's his. That's the line I remember. Them all, you know? I'm going to say yeah on The Rock, but I will... Agree whenever I know you say the only thing I've ever from that movie, Connor. and I've seen it multiple times, other than the Tony Todd line where he's like, Maybe we should kill Hostage, is the green explodable globe thing, like rolling <laughs> yeah. away and somebody grabbing it, and it's probably from a preview. I mean, it, even though I saw the movie multiple times, like, I just don't remember that much it's about it. Happen. I know about, you know, what it's about, but I don't, it didn't stick with me, no. which means that's a <laughs> fucking no. Was it? Well, Womack, looks like you're stuck between the rock and the hard place. Like, isn't he? <laughs> Sean Connery being in a movie doesn't make it good. <laughs> wasn't he in the last the scene? Shot the, it, wasn't he in the yeah. last scene of the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie? The rock. Yes, he was. Right. And that was a good movie. <laughs> Brian Adams does the theme song, and that's all I need to say. He it sucks. was me and my girlfriend's first song. First. Like, that was our song, our love song. Your girlfriend who's now your wife? No, my oh. first... Oh! <laughs> your first girlfriend. <laughs> now what needs to it out? Oh, so, move on. What's the next Nick Cage? Connor. And I'll, I'll say con shit. That's all right. Shit. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> Dave Chappelle was good. Yeah, it had good things Chappelle, in it. Chappelle, Buscemi, and Malkovich even was... Yeah. Like, as the over-the-top yeah. comic book type villain. He yeah. Was, he's Cyrus the Virus. What a stupid name. But yeah. <laughs> Cyrus in general makes me think of the Warriors, you know. Yes, uh, no. No they, Warriors, nobody. No. Warriors. That's all I know from that movie. I don't know anything else. If you haven't seen the movie and played the awesome video game. You really like the game on PC? Uh, oh. Uh, well, anyway, we'll talk about that. All right, face off. Get real. <laughs> if it's not Pulp Fiction and Travolta's in it, it can suck it. Hey, I really like. Well, we'll we'll see. Oh, I, I like to in the classic bubble too. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Are you gonna Urban Cowboy? Scott Glenn was good. I I was gonna go with Phenomenon. I really like the movie Phenomenon with John Travolta. Do, 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 do. No, no, the one where he's where he has he's Professor X or some shit. <laughs> Get real, dude. Yes. Oh, Lord. Yes, and he develops telekinesis, and it's really oh, hard. The teachings of Alvin Hubbard. 
It's a good movie. I liked it's it. Okay, we should all get uh, around. Well, we'll go. We'll come back to him another day. Conair will say no. Uh, face off. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say no on that okay. one too. No, Even though it is a no, 94 percent fresh. One thing I want to say about Face Off is I really did like the Castor and Pollock's brother criminal things. I, I thought that was a good like. There are yeah. cool things about that movie, but oh my god, Nick Cage and Travolta are both just this is so cheesy. Not, they're they're like acting in a 40s serial. You know what I mean? It's bad. Uh, Snake Eyes. I never watched it. I, it. I only watched parts, and I could yeah. never get into it. Gary, I tried to watch good. it. It's Gary Sinise bad. Save it. Nicholas Cage is Sherlock Holmes slash Clint Eastwood. No, I did like good. City of Angels. Uh, I never seen I, that. I don't think my estrogen levels are high enough <laughs> for that show. I, you know, that was. And I have to admit, you know, that when I was married, you know, you may or not, I know, I used to be married, which is crazy yeah. in itself, but. City of Angels is one of those movies that, you know, soundtrack and the movie and, you know, and I just, uh, and there were some of those movies that I actually, you know, enjoyed being forced to go to, but that was not one of them. <laughs> Meg Ryan, no. Right? Uh, That's her. Yeah, yeah, that was her. Yeah. yeah fuck her. <laughs> uh, bringing Out the Dead, that is a yay. Okay. I yay. Scorsese film. You haven't no. seen it? He's an ENT. It's really, really good. Go ahead and mark it down as a yay it's since really it's good. a thirty-three percent. That's definitely a yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also since you guys what, 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 tomatoes, brought to seventy-one percent. Okay, I'm, I'm down with that then. All right, this is one terrible rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but I liked it a lot. You know, you liked it. eight millimeter. Uh, again, by Andrew he was, Walker, the guy he who was upstaged by somebody that wasn't. Even supposed to be as important as him. Walking, Walking Phoenix or something. I'm sorry, what? Walking Phoenix. Yeah, Walking Phoenix. Huh. And then I remember actually, the I mean, great movie, but not. It's not, not a good Nick Cage. Nick Cage is not. I don't think he's good in that movie. Now, he does. There is one scene in particular that I think of that I was impressed by, where he's watching the best yeah, stuff done for the first time, and you see just the, the disgust on his face. Yeah, he's just like, but I feel like I feel like that's what. The look he gets when he reads good scripts. <laughs> okay, so I don't... The rest of the movie, though, is too... He's he's too frantic in something that he's not really in a hurry about. I, I don't know if that's a good description, but to me, that I get that weird. I didn't like it. Man. I, I didn't... I, I mean, it was an I okay movie, but he was definitely not even close to the even being near the best I thing. I really hate to write this one down as a... Just as do a bit, but I... Put it in the middle. I... I We'll put. It, I'll put it. There. You know, Ron Did Tomatoes you really, oh, hold on, hold on. Did you really like that movie? Uh, not like it didn't really stick with me like very much. I mean, I d- I did like the Nick Cage freakout scene. That was the one thing I did really like about it. Okay. That's a good. I I'm good with your decision. Whatever you want. Well, to I'll put it in there. Uh, I still think I'm going to come out on top. Of gone in sixty movie. seconds. No. I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to keep saying get real, but that's just silly. Isn't he yeah. blonde in that movie? No. Kind of, maybe. maybe. <laughs> That's a no. I'll, I'll put, nay. I never liked it it's a whole lot, but it was alright. It was like just a... based on action. a video game, so no. Family Man, I liked. I didn't watch that. Family Man? Sean. I liked Family Man. I, that's not... <laughs> 
You like Tealy Just because I enjoy some episodes of Golden Girls doesn't mean it's a show that I recommend to my friends. So that's a no. Is that the one with Tealy Tealy yeah. The best thing about her is that she's begging the guy from Californication and I class. Uh, Captain Crowley's Mandolin. I watched that movie, and I was neither. I never. I didn't really like it or hate yeah, it. I just I have no cinematically, idea it's an okay movie. Yeah, He's some good very movies. mediocre in it, and he did I think one of the, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> He's bad. It's yeah, not I'll take good. the word on that. We'll say that. And it got 22%. Wind Talkers, I haven't seen. I watched that one time in history class and fell asleep. So That well, was history class, though. Yeah, I'm just well, going to say this. That was Do not you know my what Wind Talkers class. is about? Do you know what it's about? Yeah. About, about the Navajo guys with the, yes. the unbreakable code and world truth. Does Nick Cage look Native American to you? Why is he in this movie? What, again, we're back to the last Samurai thing. Like, great movie. I like the premise and whatever, but why, why him? him? Like, and what what does he really bring to the movie? It's kind of what I'm. What I think of these movies, I think what does he bringing to these? You know, like if it's a good movie, like Raising Arizona, great movie, but great. Yeah. And honestly, that's, I think he's. I, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash on him for that because he's he's just good. He's really good in that. Like, he is good in that. But can so you name people that have been bad in Corner Coen Brothers, Brothers movies? Can you name someone's been bad in a going that you were like, oh, I don't really. Their performance took away from what was going on. Dead air. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Okay, got nothing. Um, I'm not saying every good director can do that, but they have a great. They just do a good job putting people in the role and writing parts for this them. This one I absolutely love. Got great reviews. Won Academy Awards. Great movie. Adaptation. Good movie. That's got to go seen in the good pile. He's got to see this movie. I don't know. Yeah. How he is. I see it's it. in my instant queue. That's up to three hundred eighty-five. <laughs> it's okay to overlook anything with Nick Cage in it in favor of something that might be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. is a good Nick Cage movie. This is another one I really, really like from him, and I thought he was good in it. Matchstick Men. I really like Matchstick Men. I Do never it? did see it. The movie in general. Oh, didn't really, I know that it was real popular, and a lot of people liked it. I, it He's didn't really. Catch my attention. I could. It wasn't enough, really, for me. It got an eighty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I really liked it. You can put it in the. We'll it, we're good. Okay. Um, National Treasure. No. <laughs> I did not. Really and you can go ahead like and put that. another one down for the sequel. It didn't stick. It did not <laughs> stick. Put two down for that. <laughs> I wasn't that big a fan. Of, I wasn't that big of a fan either. So. Then they make a sequel too. Yeah, that's oh. why I marked two. Lord of War. I'm saying yay. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Weatherman, I'm saying yay. I didn't see that, no. I feel like they could have plugged a lot of different people in that role and it would have been the same movie. Also, I don't feel like he brought anything all to these, that. All these, uh, but he brought narration, Fred. <laughs> He's not Morgan Freeman or James Earl Jones. That doesn't fly. The review, it was just in a run. I'll, I'll give, you the, give you the run. Or the in-between. I'm good with the, the push. Ant Bully, he does the voice... You can't yeah. even count that. We can't. Really. You wouldn't count Toy Story and Tom Hanks's. No. Uh, well, he doesn't really act in them. Right. So we're saying voice acting is not acting. Is that what we're saying now? Is that no. what we're gonna? Mines, where we're going? Mines are <laughs> you more. Really do this are right these now. the lines? Are these you, the lines we're crossing? Any, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say this Holocaust right now. Holocaust never happened, too, huh? <laughs> I don't care how much flack I get. I'm telling you right now that any of us could be a voice actor. Could any of us have? done the voice of the Joker as well as Mark Hamill? 
We're not talking about Mark Hamill. My same voice acting is still acting. No, I will give you this. He didn't do anything that be, spectacular. That should count Ambulary. either way. I mean, that's... He didn't do anything spectacular in Amboli. He didn't do anything but show up and talk. <laughs> We're doing that now. He could have done that drunk, hungover, oh whatever. Oh, my God. All right. World Trade Center. I'm going to say no. No. Though none of us have seen it. I saw part of it. I couldn't do it. It is sixty nine percent. That's the stupid thing. Is as much as I <laughs> hate most Patriots. of these movies. As much as I hate most of these, I've sat through every, almost every fucking one of them. And that's why this animosity is so fucking filled with vitriol for this guy. If he was Iron Man, you know, Marvel movies would not be where they are now. This one, and no one's going to be with me on this. I don't think. But I'm just marketing no. I like. <laughs> Wicker Man. You I don't. <laughs> it's a remake of another movie, and you don't like that movie. You're just saying that for comedic effect. I thought it was a good movie, and I watched it, and I didn't. I had never seen the original. You thought it was a good movie, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god, Nick Cage is so good in this." <laughs> does he punch a bunch of ladies? Yeah, he does. Maybe that's why I like. Probably that. the most unrealistic thing know. about it. Most of them could in a bear it. skin, right? There's a part where he... <laughs> have you ever seen this, Fred? They took a clip yes, where they just I just all the it, yeah. ridiculous oh. moments from that movie into one little, like, two-minute clip, and it's hysterical. And he karate kicks like, that lady in the Like a scene from Workaholics. YouTube treasure right there. He walks out the bears are... I got your natural treasure. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, we'll go with Nay. Thanks. <laughs> We're almost done. We already Are you did. skipping over some? Next. And no. Next. Let's just... Yeah, next, we'll next, next. Next was bad. Ghost Rider, Jesus Christ. The two. That's the two spot. He made a sequel he that was even shittier. That's almost three, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Number one. That's probably a little how bit. How in the hell did they let them make that again? I, I don't know. I remember whenever people saw the trailer, they were excited for it. Didn't they get the guy I with the mustache from Big Lebowski in that movie? Huh? Didn't they get the mustache? Sam Elliott yeah. plays the yeah. original Sam Ghost Elliot. Rider from the 1800s. Oh, wow. What? That passes on the yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. that. Yeah, what? Did see I didn't watch the first this Ghost Rider movie. Oh, in the first one? Oh. Okay, then I did and They see ride it. together. He's on the horse. He's like, yes. I almost forgot because <laughs> I hated the movie so much. You know you're... Oh. I did watch it. Oh. I watched it from beginning to end, but I really didn't like it. Well, I mean, Peter Fonda's in it. I hated it so much. He's also in some other stinkers, but... Bangkok the... Dangerous. I didn't no. even watch it. That's a... Yeah. Now, this one, I will I will go tooth and nail over this movie. <laughs> you might For have Bad Lieutenant is so funny. Is Bad so Lieutenant good. Louisiana Drift or whatever the hell it's called. Port of Call New Orleans. So good. He's so good and ridiculous in it in just the right it's way. It's not a comedy. It is a comedy. When you want it is a comedy. It was, to me it was. It was no, meant it, to be a it comedy. It is meant to be. There is no way there's a part Lots where of dark guy, humor. Where they Did sh- you see Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel? I didn't see the original, no. But I heard people like that. That's one like too. somebody that saw Spaceballs giving a review of a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, stand out without the other one. It's good. Um, and there's a part where like he kills a guy. There, there's this huge shootout, and he's on all these drugs, and he looks over and he's like, "Shoot him again." 
His soul's still dancing. Then you see his hallucination. The guy is... Tooth and nail. (laughs) Tooth and nail could just write that down in the yay column. (laughs) You watch it and you tell me. It's on Netflix. Netflix recommendation. Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, I think it's still on there. And the shit he says to this girl, like, he tries... He makes her, like... He makes her uh, blow him in the parking lot. In front of her In front of her boyfriend. He's got a gun. He's like... He's like, is this what your dad... He says some of the most outrageous Abusing shit in that movie. his privilege as a cop. Yeah, <laughs> he is so fucked up. And the end when has that it, ever happened in history? You just could not see the end of that movie coming. Watch it's the original, really and then we'll talk about how awesome right. that movie is. And I'll watch this one. I'll week. see if I can find it on... Uh, at least maybe I can find it at the How long store. is this movie, just so I know how bad to be? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I'm kidding, standard I'm hour and a half. It's like two hours. Maybe yeah. an hour, 45 okay. minutes. Let's see. G-Force, I'm... I'm gonna He's say, the voice of one of the gerbils. Yeah, we're not counting the voice acting, I guess. Mm, Astro no. Boy, can't count it. Kick ass, we gotta get in the yay. Yeah. Sorcerer's a Hold on a minute. You know I love kick ass. But you don't love He is the cheesiest part of the movie. In a movie with people wearing primary colors on the streets of New York, he's the cheesiest part of the whole thing doing. In such a good way. I liked him in it, didn't you? Did playing you the mayor of Cohog, yeah. Rhode Island? I thought he did a good job in the movie. As Adam West. Yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we give it a yes. Obviously, right. we love that movie. All of us. All right. Sorcerer's Apprentice, I'll go ahead and say nay. No. It got bad reviews, so. Yeah. Season of the Witch, Jesus Christ, yeah. nah. I, if he Trespass, was... also got 10%. No. I didn't watch it. Yeah, it got terrible review, too. Wait, I got one more. We're almost to the present. Drive right. Angry, yes. Did you see Drive Angry? It is so ridiculous, Fred. It is so over the top. There's a part where you... Well, see, this is my problem. You're you're saying you like these Nick Cage movies when he's making them as, like, serious crime action movies, and you're like, it's the best comedy of 2010. That's silly. Drive Angry is a comedy. You couldn't call anything else when there's a scene where he's having sex with a girl while drinking a bottle of whiskey... And then dudes start breaking in, and he's shooting them while drinking the... He never drops the bottle of whiskey or pulls out of the girl. <laughs> Obviously, he, you didn't go to middle school in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots, like, ten dudes in the scene where he's, like, rolling around. Probably with a six-shooter, too, right? the bottle of whiskey. Of blood, six shots, ten dudes. It's so... Ridiculous. I mean, I don't know. In it, you can put it down as a yay just because you need all the help you can get with this shit. Uh, seeking justice, I didn't see it. got a bad review. I could sit through the first 30 minutes. Okay. And uh, Stolen? Anybody heard of it? That's a day. 11%. Yeah. Alright, we've gotten to the end of the list. And according to the reviews, he's not a good actor. But... Now let's just keep one thing here though. He named his firstborn son Kal-El. Kal-El. And I have to admit that that right there makes him way cooler as a person. Say, he does, that doesn't make him a good actor. But the poll was, does Nick Cage suck? And I think based on that alone, I think we have to say he does not you suck. You are a dirty, <laughs> cheating motherfucker. Because yeah. you know I can't argue with that. I pulled out the Joker card on us. You know, I, I got shot down because I tried to name my youngest son Logan. My wife was like, it's too popular, so I went with Creed and then ended up after Sabretooth. 
and then people, you know, I get the, the, the energy of the band, and I'm like, we're going to have a fist fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Christian band Creed or the Badass Mutant. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Name his firstborn son, Kal-El. That's pretty damn cool. And, all and outbid right. Leonardo DiCaprio for a dinosaur skull for $276,000. Cool. Laugh all you want, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I got left out of the bidding early with my $135. So I will I won't go on record as saying I, I will certainly say he makes bad movie choices. But he also makes good ones. Hold on. He's he also hit. falls backwards into roles that do things <laughs> for his career. But no, he's, he's I he is worse than he is good though. As an actor, but I will say that as crappy of, a, of an overall actor as I think he is, the movies that he's made that are good Allow him to hit the fifty percent mark for me. Yeah, and I'm the one that started this whole thing with Nick Cage sucks balls. But I'm just saying that the movies that he had, like Raising Arizona, I mean, that on that alone, he gets a automatic a big baby from me, you know. But he's not a good actor. Yeah, and, but I will say that he did. You know, it was kind of a well, funny, weird thing. But he didn't want to go by Nicholas Coppola because he didn't want to, but. Everybody since Fast Times at Ridgemont High came out and he had five seconds in that movie has known that Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Coppola. Like, yeah. He didn't want anybody to know that's why he changed his name, but he also didn't shy away from letting everybody that ever asked him about it know that, well, of course, my Uncle Francis. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think in the end, I, I will say, I, he has good acting moments, but overall, not a great actor, but I will say, I don't, I don't think Nick Cage sucks. I don't think he sucks. I don't think he sucks based on the fact that he named his son Kelly. <laughs> but I do think that his, if acting, his, his acting is not good. So, Fred, will you change your vote on our site to yes, that that he, or to no, that he does not suck? Probably not. <laughs> I think it's Jordan, really cool to name his son Kelly, but Kal-El, also, well. also, what's he doing for that kid? Like. <laughs> That's all for this week's episode of CIA. Uh, next week, we'll be going in-depth with Batman. I promise. I know we were supposed to do a Walking Dead segment. Couldn't get to it. Too much other stuff. Until next time, this is Sean Jones. Fred. Jordan Calger. CIA over and out.